The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Nine hundred and fifty bloody five. Another few more, and that's a lot for a Friday. Fourteen pounds, three and tuppence for a thousand of these a day. No wonder I've always got a bad back. That'll soon be done. I'll have a fag in a bit. No use working every minute, God sends. I could get through in half the time if I went like a bull, but they'd only slash me wages so they can get stuffed. Don't let the bastards grind you down, that's one thing I've learned. When we walk down the street, we don't care who we see made it to Friday. For me, it's been a howler. I mean, this week has been awful. The week before, not much better, but we made it, right? So it's just me and you tonight. If you want to give me a ring, 0344 499 1000. I would love it if you would tell me something brilliant, uh, but just tell me something. 0344 499 1000. I've got stories to tell you if you want. Uh, there's a story of a man who has smeared something unmentionable across his face and all in the aid of uh, making you more aware of a certain part of your body that, quite frankly, I think we're all very aware of. But I'll tell you that later, maybe after your uh, dinner has been allowed to digest just a little bit longer. Uh, we've also got the story of a woman who's managed to make herself a coffin, even though she's not even ill. Um, you know, always good to be prepared. Uh, there's a story about a woman who had a problem with her ear for years and found that she had something stuck down it. We are talking about something that had been in there for 18 years. No, 11 years. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating. 11 years. So I guess, you know, if you want the old-fashioned phone in, 
What have you had stuck in you? 0344 499 1000. But you know the score, it may just be me, but it's the same kind of lack of rules that apply. Just give us a shout. You can talk about whatever you want. Um, really, you can come on and talk about uh, what you had for your dinner. I, I'm really I'm really not bothered. I just want to hear your voice. Uh, Kiana's given us a call. Hi, Kiana. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm, I'm all right, thank you. Nice to hear your voice again. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Ian's not on tonight, then. He's not. He's having the night off. Oh, bless him, yeah, because I was supposed to call in the week, wasn't I? And, yeah. um, and I didn't, yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. As long as you're all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, been going on? Oh, I just feel a lot better, actually. I was really glad after I spoke to Ian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, um, do you know what? Obviously, it's so important to raise awareness of, um, you know, mental health and suicide awareness and stuff like that. Yeah. And so many people are talking about it. I think it's been it's been quite emotional for me, um, to be honest, because obviously I kept a lot of it to myself. Not like, you know, I wasn't sitting here and keeping it all to myself and not talking about it, but... I mean, a lot of friends, like, you know, my military friends all over, you know, the place and stuff like that, because I wasn't on my Facebook for a year, and I normally keep in touch with them. Mm-hmm. They're like my family to me, my military friends, you know, because I used to be a military wife, you know, and lived in Germany, and one of my biggest parts of my life was being part of the military, and right. they've always had my back all of these years, and I've always been there, so I think it was a, a big sort of shock for them, you know, now I've put it out there and stuff like that, because... You know, with them living, you know, all touring or whatever they're doing. And, you know, because mental health is a massive thing and they go through a lot anyway. So for me, emotionally, I'm not saying, you know, that I've not thought of my other friends, but it's been quite sort of sad for me because obviously we've lost a lot of friends between us all in the military, you know, like my old boss, like Paddy Owens and Dave Hill, they found out when I was first first pregnant with my daughter. They were the first two people that found out. And Susan, they always looked out for me. So for all of them to know what I've gone through, you know, and, and everything, is it's hard for them too, you know. So, and obviously a taxi driver and that bless him as well. Um, one of the taxi firms where I live, one of the owners there, all the drivers have heard it and they've all been really upset. He says they've all, you know, some of them, like, you know, felt really, really upset about it and sad and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's raising awareness, isn't it? It is. It's a shame that you have to yeah. suffer to be able to do that. But, you know, yeah. I guess if that's going to happen yeah. anyway, talking about it can only help someone yeah, else and yeah. do you find it helps you to to get your thoughts out rather than sort of sitting on them i know yeah it does but at the same time you know like my doctor said as well that's why my doctor was crying because i don't sometimes i think with being in raising care and stuff like that you know and i've gone through a lot yeah. on my own so when i've been upset certain times i don't tell my friends about it i write about it because i you know I write poems and you know journals and songwriting and stuff like that so i've always got it out anyway mm-hmm or danced and stuff like that. But when my friends know what's happened and why I don't have my daughter and stuff like that, especially when people are being, you know, nasty gossips, bullying, being spiteful and stuff. So I'm not saying, you know, if I did anything, it would have been their fault, but they were the ones who were pushing me towards it. Because mm. I, I couldn't go out my house either because obviously I could have done it if I wanted, but I love walking, I love running, you know, dancing and stuff like that. And walking is one of the best things you can ever do for your mental health. You know, it's an absolute fact that people with dogs you know, are the ones that least suffer with mental health because they're out and about with their dogs, fresh air's good for you and stuff like that. But for me, I couldn't, every time I went out, you know, 
I'd sort of bump into people and they would stare and stuff like that. And it wasn't necessarily for that because I'm quite streetwise. I wasn't scared of people that if they were going to hurt me or personally attack me or anything. But it's how my daughter felt about it. If they such and such said it, such and such, I've seen your mum or yeah. whatever like that. And it was a constant painful reminder. So, so have, you, have you decided what you're going to do? Because you were talking about moving out of the town for a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ian was right. And I knew he was right because I have been thinking about that for a while. It was only because of my daughter and stuff like that, that I didn't want to, like, sort of bump into her, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I just ran up and down the, st- up and down the stairs. I was a bit out of breath. Um, yeah, but... But you know, I guess if you, were, are you... Have you given any thought to maybe starting the visits up again? Because that would kind of eliminate no, have, the awkwardness, yeah. wouldn't it? No, no, I've made the decision now, and it sounds bad. Um, but the thing is, I, I've, I know what the local authority are like, and I know for a, to a certain extent you can't say much. I know that we can all, you know, amongst between us all, can talk off you know, line and stuff like that and off air, you know, about things. But I was raised in care, yeah. you know, from the age of very young. The local authority let me down. Um, so it's you know, totally understandable 20... that your faith's been shaken in them. I completely get that. Yeah, and I know what the local authority like. And, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, not all social workers are bad, but they do very bad damage to children. They don't know what they're doing. You know, there's so many children that are messed up. They don't give them the care. They, they divide the families. They take them... What they do is local authority wait for something very, very bad to happen to children before they intervene. You know, they knew about everything that, like, approaching the breakdown, the nervous breakdown, which it was, that's what it was. They knew exactly what was wrong with me. And to let you know, I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2018. But then, after, obviously, when I was um, cross-examined, well, I wouldn't call it cross-examined, to the courts and psychologists were doing things, and I was under a mental health team. Uh, Dr. Senecop, he was the one who did... Um, I had to come to my house and it had to be supervised with a psychiatrist, nurse and staff for him to talk to me for the courts and that to make sh- to see if I was fit to have my daughter back. Mm. And he said that he didn't believe that I had PTSD anymore. He didn't believe that I was deluded or anything like that. And he believed that it was stress-induced, you know. And, and obviously, when you're physically unwell, that's what happens to your body, you know. Even even anemia on its own, yeah. you, you know, your brain... It, you, you know, anemia, it's the blood going to your brain. It doesn't go to your brain properly. I was on palpitations. I was very, very ill. And the local authority knew about this. But I'll, I'll say something, what happened. Like, when I went to the hospital and there was a social worker that came to see me and she was lovely, absolutely lovely. She kept on coming to see me, persisting that, you know, not persisting, but wanted me to see my daughter. I was like, I'm not let, I don't want to see her when I'm like this. No, no, no. And um, there was a doctor, um, Dr. Wilson, he was like, it's important you see your daughter. And all the nurses were trying to encourage me. I was like, she's not coming here. And they said, what we'll do is we'll, on the ground somewhere else, we'll find somewhere where she can go away from other patients. I was like, no, 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 no. Persisting and persisting that she didn't. And it was my decision. And they were great. And they were like, oh, when Harmony comes home, the social worker said, we'll get you better you know do you want is they were offering to come to the house come and sort the house out you know but my kids my key had been lost mm-hmm. and they were like you know do you need anything or come and go and get you know your daughter's toys and things like that and their aim was to get my daughter back to me and then as soon as another social worker come on the scene that was everything went to pot so everything went to pot forgive me Kian, but at the beginning yeah. of this you kind of said that you'd made a decision mm-hmm. what have you decided oh yeah sorry that's all right yeah well i did I've decided, because the local authority, because every time what they do, when I see my daughter and they make things up and they lie and stuff like that, and, they, you know, I've even caught them out as well, like reports that they've made. I've been recording and all sort of been doing everything. And I've decided, obviously, I'm going through the legal channels properly to uh, make sure I'm going to go and get my treatment that I need 
fight to get my daughter to be able to write to me because they won't let her write to me. They won't let me write to her. And then I'm going to go through the courts to get proper contact again okay. with the psychological new reports and stuff. I don't trust the local authority with my daughter. And I th- that's why I was so upset and that's why I was up turmoil. And that's why I'm so glad that I didn't succeed in ending my life because I don't want the local authority to be in charge of my daughter. I think they're a massive failure. I don't know, you must know, you know Sammy Woodhouse, she's an amazing woman. Um, she she written a book, Just a Child. Right. Um, yeah, um, Sammy Woodhouse, amazing campaigner and everything. She's incredible. Um, from the Rothwin, um paedophile ring, you know, right. scandals thing. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and a child and everything. And the local authority um, were trying to get the father that, um, you know, that is actually abused and everything. Yeah, it was really bad. And I Sammy remember. has been campaigning. Yeah, well, Sammy has been so supportive that she knew she's been calling me. She's great. And obviously, she knew that I was going to speak openly about the local authority. I do feel like they've let me down. But she's been very loyal to me and just listening to me, you know. I haven't sort of cried away. Sometimes we've had a laugh and talked about normal stuff. Yeah. But but how could I sit back now after the local authority? You know, without getting into it, well, I don't want to upset anyone else, but at the end of the day, we've got to raise awareness of, of you know, the things that go wrong in the world and how bad things are. Okay. And my sister, my sister is dead because of the local authority. They they failed my sister and she died because of them. But not to mention everything else that had gone on. And when I when the local authority knew that I was um take suing somebody for um for, for historics, which I am, I'm going into I can talk about anything that I want to now about what happened when I was in care and when I left. Do you know what a social worker said? In front of her manager and the social worker, she went, oh, you're not going to see where are you? <laughs> how was that funny after what I... Yeah, how was that funny? It's disgusting. And I, I didn't find that funny. My sister is dead because of them. Okay. A lot of people, are, you know, and, and also, this is why I'm back in Sammy and she's got amazing support. And, you know, at the end of the day, we have to come together together and be strong and we have to hold hands and we fight for what we believe in that's what we must do to make a change in this society and i do think the government the society and bullies are the ones that contribute most i completely get it world. kiana yeah. we're gonna have to leave it there but thank you yeah, for ringing us no you don't waffle you've got a lot to say and i'm glad you're saying it yeah. but here's the thing I completely mm. get that you've got a mission, and that's great. Yeah, look after yourself, won't you? I feel, yeah, and you, hun, but I do feel a lot better. Will you just send my love to Ian? Of course, and, I will. Yeah, but this is why I love your show. I know you've got to go, but this is what it's all about. It's just, it's just getting things out there and talking, and, and you, you're all great at your um, that talk radio. Oh, thanks very much, Kiana. Listen, I'm really, um, I'm really grateful that you felt able to come on and talk to us. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give me a ring, here's Luke. Hey, Luke. Hi, Catherine. What's going on? I, I've been doing a lot of research lately into topics, you know, which I haven't really been... T- I haven't experienced when I've been younger, but I'm trying to broaden my senses into these topics, you know. Do you, do you, do you get what I'm saying? What topics? So, recently, I'm, I'm a man, you know, as you probably tell, but I've been looking at the, top, the topic of abortion. Right. I've been developing some of my own opinions on it. And I just... I'd like to see what you think as a woman of some of these opinions because I'm not sure because obviously I come from a different perspective to you. I'd really like to share and see what you think on these both opinions. Go on then, go on. See, well, it's strange because I I look at it from one perspective and I agree and I look at it from another one and disagree and that's because I agree with it because it kills children. I disagree because it gives women a choice. So I just, I'm torn nearly. And there's the problem. And there's the problem. It's it, it, I, it, both of those statements are true. 
The thing is, the way I feel about it is, you know, I don't really believe this. You hear people talking all the time about women who apparently treat abortion like it's contraception. The women I know that have had abortions don't treat it that way. It's been a really, really difficult decision. No one does it lightly. And if the woman feels that she has no choice but to go that way, I wouldn't want to get in the way of that decision. Mm. But then again, I don't really believe that their babies, you know, when they're embryos, it takes a certain amount of development for them to become children as far as, in my mind, but maybe that's just my way of getting round, like you say, a really difficult subject. Mm. Yeah, because one of the main reasons I support abortion is because it kills children. Yeah, if you if you believe that they're children from the moment the you know the sperm meets the egg, I mean, is that how you feel? Yeah, I I, I like it because it kills children. But then I, I do disagree because it gives women a choice, and they don't deserve that choice. They don't deserve that choice. No. What do you mean? That was it. I, I like abortion because it kills children. But I don't like it because it gives women a choice from torn. I think you're getting a bit mixed up, Luke. I hope you're getting a bit mixed up. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Give me a ring. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. If you're going to prank me, at least make it fun. That's all I'm asking. Hey, Maddie. Hiya. How are you? I'm good. Apart from sassy as. What have you been up to this week, Mads? Um, not much. Just um, really annoying teachers at school. They're really annoying, or you've really been annoying them? <laughs> They're really annoying. Go on, tell me what's been happening. So we've got this teacher called Miss Billclough. Right. And she was teaching us about a lesson, and she said... Tomorrow, we will be doing about golf. Baths? Yes, in science. And I was thinking, <laughs> what is going on with your accent? Where's she from? I don't know. Is she posh? Uh, yeah. Is she properly posh, though, or is she putting it on? Um, I don't really know, but she, yeah, she kind of does. Is she from where you're from, or is she um, southern? What's going on there? I think she's dead posh. She? She's, she's just dead, dead posh. posh. See, I don't mind people being posh if they can't help it, but if she's making herself posh, that takes the mick, really, doesn't it? Yeah. When I first moved, because I'm from Manchester originally and I moved down south, I had one teacher who told me that I was pronouncing everything wrong, and he used to sort of. Um, Oh, used God, to say, not one of them. It's not grass, it's grass, and it's not pass, it's pass. And, oh, um, it's, my grandma's just like that. Well, do you know what? I had another teacher who was Welsh, he was brilliant. It was called Mr Roland Thomas. And I think he'd been living in the South for years and years, but he still had this gorgeous kind of sing-songy Welsh accent. It was beautiful like that. And he said, you never never lose your accent because it's part of who you are. And I, and that was the sort of reassurance I needed. You don't have to talk posh, just talk clearly. So next time she tells you that, you tell her I told you told her to jog on. <laughs> well, you know what my grandma tells me? Go on. Which I absolutely hate. It's not flower, it's flowers. 
Well, actually, if you're dead posh, like Mary Berry. Do you know Mary Berry used to do the Bake Off thing? It's super posh. Yeah. Well, she, I love the way she says layers, not layers, layers. So really, if you're going to be super posh, Maddie, you should be saying flowers. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you correct your grandma next time she says it. Actually, grandma, it's flowers. <laughs> nice to speak to you, Maddie. You take care of yourself. Okay. Night. Bye. Bye. She's not going to bed for ages. Who am I kidding? Hello, Peter. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm fine, fine. Good. Uh, I'm no longer, and I haven't even turned the radio on. I didn't know what the night show's about. I was actually just phoned up to see if Ian was all right after last night. He's all right. He's having a night off because he's lost his voice. Um, oh, has he? Yeah, but he's all right. He's all right. No, I, tried, I tweeted him, but obviously I never got back to him. Yeah. Tell well, he's not really on Twitter that. very much, and that's probably a good thing. Uh, maybe I. get a bit obsessed with it, can't you? Oh, full social media is a bit bad that way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, especially when you're in sort of headspace, and we've all mm. been in it, where you kind of believe the bad stuff more than the good. Aye, aye, you did have been... Yeah. This but... is last night, and it's like the swan, isn't it, in the water? Mm-hmm, yeah. Aye. So how are you? I'm all right. I'm kind of glad to get to the end of this week, and, um, yeah, I'm all right, but I am knackered. I am absolutely knackered. <laughs> Hmm? How are you? I'm fine, I Back at work on Sunday, I can't wait. <laughs> really? What more? You, you like the structure? Aye. Oh, you need it, don't you? I mean, you, you moan when you're at work and then you moan when you're at work. I think so. Sometimes I, I can spend too much time with myself, if you know what I mean. Aye, well, that's a bad thing at times, isn't it? I mean, yeah. People say it's good at times, but I think sometimes you just overthink, you just say everything, and it's like... <sighs> yeah. Tell you what I could do with, though. A little bit of time with me asleep. Aye, well... I work constant night shift. I've only sleep out. Yeah, what, right. What's the deal with? How long have you been doing that? I've not been doing it that well. I've done it in other jobs like for years, but yeah. that's a job I've only been there for five months. Because we used to work early mornings, right? So I'd be getting up at like half three or something, half four, mm-hmm. and going to bed at nine. And that killed my social life. And now the way I'm working is, you know, I'm off all day when everyone else is at work, and I sort of go off to work when everyone else is coming home. And again, no social life. But I, I also find that when I have time off, it takes me about a week to get back in the swing of things and to Aye. be able to sort of um, coincide with everyone else's sleep patterns. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Aye, well, the mind is kind of shifts. It's not a set pattern. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I could be off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then work the full weekend and then never do it. Oh, no. No, your pals are it. So yeah. I'm, sitting, I'm sitting during the week like, oh, but you're heeding then. Yeah. You can't, you can't see your pals, you might go and get a drink, because they're like, oh, well, you're bottom, you know what I mean? Yeah, your Monday's their Thursday. Aye, exactly, so... Oh, blimey. I mean, I got the two weeks off. First week was great, I mean, well, first week I was like, oh, I'll like get back to work. <laughs> Second week, I'm like, I don't like to get back. No, exactly. <laughs> you never have never Aye. happy. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Well, I was just phoning up to see, I didn't know he was, he was coming on the night, but... Yeah. I didn't mean he'd come on and upset, but I was just... That guy the other night just feeling you know what? Mean. You didn't upset him, but you know how it gets sometimes when, you know, you're carrying a lot of stuff around and managing, and then someone's really kind to you, and that's when it comes out. And it was absolutely not your fault. It was really nice of you to be concerned, and um, I know we both appreciate it. No, no, that's fine. I mean, as I say, that guy just, you know, I mean, he's been a bit talk about he worked with kids, and as I said last night, I mean, my daughter's pal, just, she took her own life before Christmas, not me, she was 15, and... I'm so sorry. I'm thinking... How can he even say that, but then turn another way and say, 
Well, I work with kids. And yeah, I, I, don't be- I don't believe a single word that guy says. No, I don't. I mean, <laughs> see if he works with kids, you'd be looking at the higher powers and seeing why you're letting people ask that. Of course you would, and it'd be quite no. obvious that he was like that. I just don't believe it. But thanks no, for I... ringing, Peter. No problem. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Let's go to uh, Gatford. Yeah, I'm a man and I've got some strong opinions. I just want to check as a woman how you feel about those. <laughs> Let me just check uh, I'm still a woman. Yeah? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> still no webcam. Uh, <laughs> for good reason. For, well, yes, indeed. Um, what I've really called up to talk about yeah. is the fact that um, I, I may have spoken a week or so ago on this very show about the fact that the company I work for was getting rid of our fax machine. Oh, yeah, and you were very upset about it. I think you were the only one. Well, I think I'm still upset, but they've not yet got rid of the fax machine. I'm winning. I'm winning. And how many faxes have you had? None. Okay, but that's it's... Not the, that's right. not the point. It's a moral victory. <laughs> it's just that they're... Obviously, they've still got a fax machine, so they're a slow-grinding company. Yeah. So they've still got a fax machine, and the fax machine still works. I check it every morning when I come in. It's the first thing I do. Can I, can, I mean, if you send me your fa- I can't. I don't even know I would send a fax now. I'd, I'd need a fax machine, right? Well, yeah. I'm, I don't know if you can do it via your phone, probably. I don't know. Because you should be able to. I mean, I'm, I'm, that, t- I'm tempted to start sending you a motivational messages through it. I mean, that, that's what I would do. Yeah. That would help. <laughs> Um, but obviously, but yeah, I don't have that technology because I, I work no. in 2019. <laughs> I'm still working in 2013 or something. Or no. what will be, but when did fax machines stop being relevant? I think they still had them when I started work, right? And when I started work at the BBC, what was it, that 2001, maybe? Mm-hmm. And we were still working yes. tape to tape. But that was in the regions. And I, I think they've only just got rid of tape to tape and carts and stuff. About sort of five all years ago, money was in, all the big money was in the big cities, wasn't it? Yeah. Know? So we had the fax machine. We had the fax machine, uh, but I, I don't remember ever getting a fax on it. Not once. No. no. And that was about two thousand and three. I reckon. Hmm? T- I worked in an office that had a telex. God, that noise. Yeah, yeah I know. I used to work on typewriters that weren't electronic. It's so great. when they got rid of those, did you chain yourself to them, or is it just the yeah, fax yeah, machine yeah. you're obsessed with? No, no, I'm, I don't like changing any region, so uh, any area. So yes, I did. I've still got the typewriter at home. Uh, <laughs> I took it home with me. Um, it sleeps with me now. Uh, I tell you something though about typewriters: the noise and the smell of the ribbon is something that uh, I, I quite enjoyed. It's like it's like freshly laid tar, isn't it? <laughs> no, but it's like um, oh. it's like a noise of a typewriter and some ribbon. But, but nice, getting, but nice. Getting slightly sentimental now. I don't know. Shall I leave you to it? Yeah, could you? Could you just send me that motivational fax on Monday? Please? All right. Yeah, of course I will. Of course, of course I will. I'll have to go and find a fax machine down the tip. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio. I've got Charles, I've got Andrew, I've got Jake lined up. Which one do I choose is the question. And where are you? 0344 499 1000. Hello, Jake. Hello? Yes. Hi, Catherine. Right. My sons, Jonathan and Jamie, were listening to your show. And I heard Luke's point. Did you tell me about Luke's point? And I think he's right. I think women shouldn't have rights. Right. Does your mum know you're on the phone, Jake? What? Mm-hmm. Hello, Andrew. 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 Hello. Yeah, you're, it's your go. Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't realise. Um, first of all, Catherine, 
I'm absolutely livid that Ian isn't on. Right. I'll bring up next week and bring this point up with him. What, why isn't that on him? Sorry? What's wrong with him? Why is that any of your business? What? Yeah. What did you say, sorry? Oh, very nice. Charles. Good evening, Catherine. Don't worry, I'm not going to be nasty to you. No. Yes. Um, that wasn't nasty, that was just stupid. Go on, Charles, wow. what do you want to say? All right. Uh, I'm enjoying the, uh, the opportunity to speak to you directly as well. I, I love those shows you did last year with that second lady. Oh, uh, Katie Puckrick. You did like a week's one with just her and you? Yeah, she's great. Yeah, that was excellent. Thanks, Charles. Uh, what did you want to say? Uh, I know music often comes up on this show. I wanted to ask you if you've heard about what they're doing with the Pink Floyd. No. Oh, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What are oh, they doing with the battery, so. What are they doing with the Pink Floyd? Uh, they're doing planetarium shows. All right. Um, where they play the album and they show you like psychedelic imagery, like in the planetarium. Really? Yeah. Where's that happening? It's, uh, pretty wild. Uh, all over the country, they're doing it. Well, let's have a look. And I thought that's got to be an experience, hasn't it? Well, if you it's, like uh, Pink Floyd, I find them a bit ponderous. But do you like them? Uh, I I would be willing to. Uh, to try them out with that experience, you know. Oh, yeah. I think it's the second, isn't it? Dark Side of the Moon, the full dome yeah. experience, Winchester. Yeah. Yeah, Winchester's a big one, but they're doing it all over the place, I think. Oh, yeah, they are. Museum. Oh, they're going to Boston. Yeah. All over the shop. Do you think you'll go then? Yeah. But um, I wonder if, if that catches on, they'll do it with other artists as well, you know. Well, are there other psychedelic artists that would um, play well in a planetarium? Who would you oh, like to see? I don't know. Um, I mean, I think some electronic music would be good. Right. Uh, some, like, synthy stuff would sound really good with that experience. Oh, yeah, a bit of craft work? Yeah, yeah, one of those, or telex. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, if, yeah. You, if you go, uh, give us a ring and tell us all about it. Ah, uh, well, maybe. All right, I'll let you know, OK? Take care. Bye. 0344 Well, that was exciting and varied, wasn't it? 0344 if you want to give me a ring. Um, but just a little word to the um, Liverpool contingent that we just spoke to. And I use the word Liverpool advisedly because I don't believe either of those people were really from Liverpool. Um, I've got a delay and I'll dump your swear words. So it's only me that hears them. And to be frank, I've heard better and bigger. And that's me speaking as a woman. 0344 499 We're going to speak to Melina in a sec. Uh, in the meantime, let's have a little break, I think. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on talk radio. So, I, I know it's a bit of a forward question, but I feel like we've got to know each other through the last sort of three years or so. So I'm going to ask it straight out. What have you had stuck in you? 0344 499 Mother, 28, who couldn't hear out of her left ear for 11 years, discovered she's had a BB gun pellet lodged in it for the whole time. 11 years, right? She's had this thing wedged in there. Jade Harris was left in agony uh, when a nurse tried to syringe water out of her ears. Mother of two became paranoid she was unable to hear properly, was stunned to discover a BB gun bullet had been wedged in her ear for 11 years. She was referred to hospital after having her ears syringed at her GP clinic and uh, had been... Hang on. After her having her ear syringe at her GP clinic left her in agony and still unable to hear. 
Once, at Derryford Hospital in Plymouth, stunned medics found a BB gun ball lodged in the 28-year-old's left ear canal. Now, I'm asking this for a reason, because you would think that you would notice if someone shot your ear 11 years ago. Maybe she thought it had pinged off or something. I guess you you kind of get over it after a while. It must have smarted at the time. But... um. The other day I found a, a splinter that I didn't know I'd had and I did wonder what would happen if I left it in. So what have you had stuck in you and did you leave it in? 03444991000 is the phone number to call, not Luke and not the quote-unquote Liverpudlians because we've got your number, my friends. Um, we've also got uh, a text number if you want to give me a ring on that. I've just got to remind myself of what it is because it's uh, 87222. Or you can tweet me at Talk Radio or at Flipping Calf. Uh, Melina, if you're listening, we've been trying to get through to you, but we appear to be uh, just getting your voicemail. So if you're waiting for us to ring you back, don't think we've ignored you because we've not. 0344 499 1000. Um, thanks very much for all your tweets as well. Very, very cool. Helky says, I tuned in five minutes ago. Have you said this is a call in show for tossers only tonight or is it a coincidence? Well, I just think I'm just plain lucky. Um, yeah, so give me a ring if you're not a tosser. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand, and I will be able to tell. I've been doing this for quite a long time. Ah, I've seen someone ringing up who's definitely not a tosser, and definitely someone who I was wondering where he was, and I wonder if you can guess who it is. She's going to ring him back. I'm reading her lips. And Melina's there. Hooray! Hey, Melina. It's your turn. Are you there, Melina? Melina's not there. Hello, Alan Caddick. Hi, Kath. I never thought I'd be pleased to hear from you so much. Of course, I'm always pleased to hear from you. What's going on, Alan Caddick? Well, Ian said I couldn't call in tonight. Why? I don't know. I spoke to Sam yesterday. He said I got a night off last night and a night off tonight. He said to try again on Monday. Well, well, yeah. Where is Ian? He's off. Well, he's off. Hmm. It's got no voice and it's kind of difficult to do radio if you can't speak. Oh, uh, uh, is it the throat? Yes, it's the throat. Oh, how about that? It's nasty. Throat connected to the mouth hole. It's nasty. Yeah. Is Katie in tonight as well? Is it just just, you on your own? It's just me and you, Alan. All right. Have we got any topics, Kath? Yeah, what have you had stuck in you? Well, I've had cousin bud stuck in me ear once. You're not supposed to put cotton buds in your ear, but I don't really see what else they're for. Well, it's, it was only a, it wasn't a giant one; it was a real tiny one. Right, right. Can you get giant ones? No, but, but, but that's what cotton buds was absolutely tiny. It was perfect for cleaning the ears out. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, what else are you going to clean? I don't don't answer that question. So, what happened? You got it stuck in your ear. How stuck? Thankfully, it wasn't. There was a build-up of wax, so it wasn't stuck too far. Oh, God. And it got it out. Well, yeah. Oh, so, okay. This isn't a cheating death story, then. This is just a cleaning your ears out story. It could have been a cheating death story. Because <laughs> it was me mum and dad last cotton bud. Oh, right. Yeah. What else but... are you supposed to clean? Because, right, every time we talk about cotton buds, someone says, you're not supposed to stick them in your ear. But there's nothing as good, is there, for cleaning your ear out? Unless you go to the doctor's against the wind. Yeah, have you ever had that? No, thankfully. What about one of those Hopi ear candles where it sucks it out? No. No? Cotton bud every time? Yeah. Is that the only thing you've had stuck in you? Well, I've, 
I'd like to come things in anatomy objects. Like? Like, when I was five years old, I bought the VHS recorder with a toaster. Right. And I made a mistake of putting a slice of bread in the video machine, <laughs> making toast. And how did it come out? Golden brown? No, I don't think the Prime Minister, he was Prime Minister at the time. <laughs> oh, you did a joke, well done. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's fascinating. What are it you going to do this weekend, out. Alan Caddick? Well, Villa, was, Villa played tonight. Did they? I knew I felt special. It, and we drew against Sheffield United for you all. Hooray! How are you going to celebrate? Well, I'm at work tomorrow morning. Oh. Because I'm delivering the papers. All oh, right. And how do, you, how do you feel about work? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm providing a service to people who want to read the headlines every morning. You are? I mean, that's literally what you're doing. So which papers do you deliver? The Nationals and the local paper in Birmingham. Oh, blimey. And are you, good at, are you a fast folder now? Because I remember that was the trick. You've got to get it one, two, three, in. I do one fold in the centre and in it goes. But weekends are usually the tough ones because I've got the supplements. Aha. Uh-huh. Like the TV guys on a Saturday and the Sunday magazines on a Sunday. They're quite fat. You don't separate them out, do you? No. No. Professional. Professional. Well, I've been, I've been doing it since November. Yeah, you must be tired. Nah. Early start in the morning, so we have to be up at six. Gosh. Oh, I'm really glad to hear you're fired up about it. Yeah. Uh, and one more question. Where's Sam? Where's who? Sam. Sham? He normally answers the phone. Sham, where are you? I'm right here, Alan. Sham, I thought you were going to answer the phone, but you, I never heard you, mate. Sorry, what, were you not happy with how Hayley dealt with you on the phone? Oh, was that Hayley? Hello. Yeah. Oh, my God. You might have been having fun the girlfriend. Right, no, she's married, and also she's sensible. So how's the quest for love going, Alan Caddick? Not good. What was the last experience you had? I mean, I don't want to know the ins and what uh, how, um, what was the latest? Um, it's been on the back burner because we've gained the job and all that. I've been concentrating on that. <laughs> you haven't got time for love. Too busy. Well, and also look after me mum and dad in the evenings as well. Yeah, that'll do it. But like I said, I've got a birthday next Saturday, so you never know. I'll get someone on my birthday. And with Valentine's on Thursday... Yeah, but Valentine's isn't a pick-up time, is it? That's for people who are already in relationships. Well, you never know. Might get a secret cross off someone. Oh, you might. Have you ever had one of those? I've never had a, uh, a question mark Valentine. No, I've never... I mean, I've had, the last time I was celebrating Valentine was when I was in college in, back in 2000 and we went out for a meal. Oh, did you? Where did you go? We went to an Italian place in Oxford <gasps> Did you have spaghetti bolognese like Lady in the Tramp? It was a pizzeria. So no. You had pizza? Yeah. Oh, so what year was that? In 2000. Okay. So you do another one then, any time now? Yeah, like I said, I've got my birthday next Saturday. I've been four days later, it's my mum's birthday. Well, you're not going to pull on your mum's birthday, are you? No, it's a big one for my mum. She's going to be 70. Crikey. Well, wish her a very happy one. From us. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and get in. To, I'll try and get to call in so Ian can talk to her if he's better. I'm sure he'd be better by then. Does she, yeah. Does she mind you ringing up the radio? I know sometimes you get a bit told off. No, but, no, but that, when we had the evidence of a trial, it was it was the evidence at Absolute Radio, and that was a recording. Right. 
And I was proven not guilty on that trial. Thanks for reminding me of the legals. I was proven not guilty. The longest I ever was thanks to my defence barrister, Sally. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, because she's trying to organise a, a meet-up, but she hasn't been able to get in touch with Lady Kadonk. Oh, right. Well, good luck with that. I mean, as long as you're not busy, because you are a very, you know, you said you're a busy man. Well, like I say, I can, put, I, got, I can get some time in the evening spare. Good. But like I say, the chance of meeting Sally and Lady Kadonk. I think they're both taken, Alan, if that's what you're thinking. No, 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 but it'd be good to put faces to voices. It certainly would. It certainly would. Well, good luck with that, Alan Caddick. I've to see oh, Thanks for ringing. 0344 499 1000 if you want to give me a ring. Uh, Space Witch has sent me a tweet. The Boots pharmacist told me ears are self-cleaning. Listen, I've got children. They're not. They are not. And we all know someone, don't we? I remember once I was really friendly with this girl and uh, I sat next to her um, in class once and she had her hair pulled back and she'd got... And we've all done it, but it's just seeing it, right? She'd got kind of all soap underneath the, what would you call it, the lip of the top of her ear? Like, it was all crusty. And that made me kind of obsessed about um, cleaning mine. But it's easily done. So next time you have a shower, make sure you clean under your, um, what's it called? The rim of your ear. <laughs> and, and everywhere else. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. A space which adds, I still use buds because doesn't it feel amazing? It does. And I don't believe, I really don't believe that ears clean themselves. Is there anyone out there who's never cleaned their ears? And if you can still hear me, I would appreciate a phone call. Uh, Charlie, thank you very much for giving us a ring too, uh, for sending nice messages. But I could do with some phone calls, to be honest. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Or I'll tell you a really disgusting story, if that's what you want. I know that's what floats you perverts' boat. Poo Wizard smears it on his own face to campaign to make men love their bums. Uh, there's a sentence I didn't think I'd be saying when I got up uh, today. And, and yet here we are. Thanks very much, Daily Mirror. Atlas Talisman, who's 37 and from Sydney, Australia, says he's happy to be the butt, fnaf of jokes in his big to break down the stigma. The stigma of your bum. I think people talk about their bums plenty. I'm not sure smearing poo on your face is, is the way to break through barriers. But, I mean, certain barriers, yeah. A self-proclaimed poo wizard has smeared his own faeces over his face in a bid to break down stigma attached to the male rear end. Again, men, in my experience, are all too happy to talk about what goes on back there. But maybe maybe in Australia it's different. Atlas Talisman, I don't believe that's his real name, 37 from Sydney, Australia, believes men's bums have fallen under societal shame, and so they should have. I mean, some of the things that happen in this studio in the present day because of homophobic and germophobic values. Germophobic, I mean, sometimes there's a reason for these values. So the motivational coach, I mean, motivating you to do what? This. Gave himself a facial with his own poo and posted it online in the hope of showing the body part and what it produces is nothing to be ashamed of. Hey, I'm not ashamed of it. I just don't want to see yours. But the confronting clip has been met with disgust on social media where commentators flushed his message and even branded him mentally deranged. Atlas, originally from New Zealand, oh, New Zealand, okay, I can do that one, said, I don't mind being the bat of the joke. Humour is the best vessel for serious issues. 
for too long the anus has been associated with homo, pervert or dirty, which make men scared of exploring this part of their body. The rectum has been put out of bounds and it's time to reconnect with it in celebration and respect. I know that it takes someone to dive in face first and get this topic out in the open, so I guess this person is me. Atlas believes the anus is cloaked in shame for men despite being pivotal to our sexual and physical health. By reimagining our relationship with our rear, rear end, he believes we can tap into our true potential, your true potential, as men. And he's calling on others to follow in his footsteps. I don't think this is going to be the next ice bucket challenge, frankly, but uh, maybe that's just hope. Atlas says, I believe the anus has been ignored or associated with male homosexuality rather than acknowledged as a plug socket. You won't get a charge off that. It's such a vital part of our existence, our dietary and sexual health. We need to unlearn the negative associations. I hope others feel a sense of solidarity and welcome everyone to get SH1T faced with me. CJ, do you fancy that? Hello. Hey. I can actually uh, tie the story in with it. You know, the thing being inserted somewhere in this story. Oh, God. Well, you know, you've got to, haven't you? Well, you haven't got to, but some people do. <laughs> Well, I, I had the urge, I just, I, you know, as soon as you said it at the start of the show, I was like, I'm going to ring in, I'm going to wait for the opportune moment, and when you started reading this story, about, that was the opportunity. About the poo wizard? Yeah, that's the one. God, what did you... Do I want to know? Is it what I think it is? Uh, sort of, but it's not, because you mentioned candles as well, and that's kind of related to it as, not, as well. Not the full... Not the full Lumiere candelabra? No, it, 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 was, it was more of like, you know those... They're long sort of uh, church candles in yet. Oh, my God. Not the Advent one that's dead thick. No, no, it was a Finnish one. Oh, right, OK. Well, at least you've got some kind of sense. Yeah, I mean, it was unexpected. It was in, I was in bed with a partner, and she just grabbed the candle, and okay. in it went. And <laughs> what? <laughs> Took me by surprise. Was it your birthday? Did she blow it out? Um, she didn't light it, and it wasn't my birthday. <laughs> Uh, gosh, I'd hate to think what she would have done for her birthday, but we broke up by then. Oh, uh, do you think she probably... did that so she could avoid buying you a present like we did when we were 12? Yeah, that, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely must have been. Well, the birthday before, she got me a Dalek, so that was nice. How big? Um, and it's the smallest one, and that's not been up there either, so. My God, I didn't even think of that, CJ. The, way, <laughs> the, the places your mind goes. I'm sorry. And I thought I had a filthy mind. <laughs> Those Mancunians, it's what we do. <laughs> it's not what all of us do, CJ. I've distanced yeah, myself do. from that. I've never put a, a candle where the sun doesn't shine. No, it's... it's but maybe it's just because it wasn't handy. It, it was there, you know, it was the, it was the thing. <laughs> what, like the mountaineer, why did you do it? Because it was there. Yeah, yeah it was the only thing that she could grab, you know. It oh. could, it's probably a good job it was a candle. Yeah, mate, God, if you'd have been in the shed and got a pitchfork, that would have been rather, rather <laughs> a different picture. Oh, I could feel that well, already. CJ, thanks very much for bringing the tone down. Uh, well, you're welcome, it's what I do. Someone had to do it. And it, usually CJ. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. if you want to give me a ring. As you can hear, anything goes. Um, don't don't be a tosser, and, um, and and we'll get along fine. Oh three four four four. Nine, you can be a bit of a tosser, but just not a massive one like those ones at the beginning of the show. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to send me a uh, tweet, it's at Flipping Cath or at Talk Radio. Thanks very much to Roger for updating me. I poo and I'm proud. He's breaking the stigma. Thankfully, there's no picture attached there. Um, or you can uh, send me a text message eight seven two two two. It'll pop up on my screen, and I'll read it out as long as it's readable do you know what i mean 
Uh, but it would be very nice to hear your voice. 0344-499-1000 is the phone number to call. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you. On Talk Radio. woman living with a troubled spirit for over five years has had to stay in a travel lodge because it won't leave her alone. We've all been there. Emily Sparks, 83, from Rittle, who's also a psychic medium, has been haunted by Joyce, who Emily claims died in the flat before she moved in. Joyce flushes the toilets for hours on end. I mean, what a flatmate. Steals her belongings and even, quote-unquote, pulls her hair out during the night. Emily has now to stay in a travel lodge for two nights as it's reached the point where she can't live with it anymore. Emily, a mother of four, says she's been a psychic medium for more than 35 years. She told me she was given the gift following the death of her first husband. This is from Essex Live. Well done, Essex Live. This is a beauty. She told me she was given the gift following the death of her first husband, but hasn't been practiced. But hasn't been practising for around 10 years. I see. Right, OK, so she's got the gift, but the door is closed and this Joyce keeps prizing it open. After moving into a home in Checkers Road in t- 2011, she was told that a woman called Joyce had died in her kitchen years before. But it wasn't until two years later that Emily was visited by what she describes as the troubled spirit and it hasn't left since. I've been told by the woman who found her that she was there for two days before she passed away, she said. That is sad. Okay, now it gets a bit graphic. 
Her head was lying on the kitchen floor with fragments of a cup she'd broken around her. There's a theory that the spirits don't want to accept they're gone. I first saw her in June 2013, two years after I moved in. At this point, Emily started to touch her hair. She said the spirit was next to her and that she could feel her touching the top of her head. She continued, I was downstairs, I saw her coming down, I saw her profile though she doesn't, and I thought she doesn't belong here. Now, here's the thing that I find super cruel about um, being a ghost, right? And if I'm ever a ghost, I hope I'm not one of these ghosts. Because one, the, the ones that come up and down the stairs, uh, what's pain? Why don't you just do something fun? But this, this is the worst part. She would be about five foot three wearing a mustard cardigan with a tweed skirt. Now, I would hope that the, the ever after gives me like slightly more dramatic wardrobe. I'd like a, something to waft around in. Like that one from Blythe Spirit. You know what I mean? Nice bit of chiffon or something. I want to be a bit extra. Anyway, mustard cardigan and a tweed skirt. I've only seen her physically once, but I've seen her in a transparent state many times. Oh, flipping heck, a transparent state. Jack, who was here before me, said he couldn't bear to live there anymore because of what was going on. He was driving around in his car all day to get away. Emily claims she knew there was activity in her home for a long time. Despite the haunting getting worse over time, she says she was able to cope with the experience towards the start. The TV would go off. Rude. That's rude. And my Tiffany light was going mad all the time, so I had to get rid of that, she said. There wasn't really enough to go on for someone to come in and take a look, but now she's physically and verbally abusing me, taking my hair and threatening me. If she was alive, she'd be put away for that for a very long time. I don't know whether hair pulling is still an offence. It's probably something they could do, but I'm not sure you get put away for it. Emily stopped before describing the spirit's presence as ice cold. I mean, we're talking about this, Angela, um, and you have the gift, don't you? Oh, sorry, Catherine. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. I'm just, just, just realising I've got an expert yeah. on the phone and uh, and I should be discussing this with you. Have you ever felt mm. someone's presence in your flat? Um, a few times, but I just ignore them. Right, because if this one sounds mm. particularly persistent, I wouldn't put up with hair pulling, would you? No, but we've had... Um, <clears throat> I say we, before I moved in here, they tend to... If you've got that kind of um, attention to see them, they tend to get a little bit jealous because when I go up with my partner, because my, my partner said they've tried to pull me off my bed. Oh, um, no. Yeah, it, it was a well, bit... They tried to pull him off, or you? No, me. So my partner had to grab me, and I didn't know anything until the next morning, but um, but that's... They do get a little bit jealous if you're kind of that way inclined. But the thing is, I, I think if it was me and I was being attacked in the night, I don't think I could stand it. I don't understand people... I, mean, I don't understand how you can live somewhere where that's, that's going on. I, I might move yeah. to the travel lodge for at least two nights. I just... Um, I just, one of these people just said, um, I'll just um, put the radio on and disappear. Oh, right. yeah. they, don't, they don't like the, not fans? They don't like the radio, no. Anyway, that's not what you rang up for, Angela. Yeah. What's, what's on no. your mind? Um, I hope you can help me. Um, I was rushed into hospital two weeks on Monday. Oh, no. Um, I was very poorly. Um, I suspected, um, what's it called, pneumonia. Because mm-hmm. of my chest and stuff and things like that, and my heart was, like, pumping out. And it was very... Um, it wasn't very healthy at the time, but yeah. I was all right. And um, they 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 gave me these tablets to fight... Because I was in fight infection after infection. But I just passed out in my flat, and the ambulance came and stuff. 
and um, they gave me some stuff to, to help me breathe and that. Um, but I don't know how to put this. Go on. Um, oh, how do I put it? Uh, for two weeks, I've been... You won't laugh at me, will you? Um, I won't laugh, go on. I have talked to my nurse about it. Um, I've been... We live in the same day. What, like Groundhog Day? Yeah, you know, like, same day going into hospital. I know. It's just weird. It's, what, what, just... what do you mean, reliving it? In your mind, or...? Yeah, as if I was waking up to it all the time. Does that seem odd? A bit, I, I swear, if I'm honest. I spoke, I spoke to my nurse, and she said it's trauma, and mm. she said... She said, next time, because they were trying to put a dip in my... They wanted to put a dip, they wanted to take me... Because I had a really bad infection. And I said, no, you're not putting that in me. So they ran my mum up, because they're my next of kin. Mm -hmm. I said, no way, I don't think you'd better do that. And um, when I told my nurse, um, she said, next time, if if they take you in, they want me... They want her to page my doctor. Right. So that uh, he could be there. Yeah, because something's gone on um, there that's obviously unsettled you. Yeah, and I feel a bit... Um, I haven't been I haven't been well before Christmas. Right. Uh, and I don't know if it's to do with what happened last year too. Yeah. And, uh, and I told my parents and... Um, my mum thinks it might be because of my psychic thing anyway. Because of your what, sorry? My mediumship. Right. I, t- I talked to a lot of people about it. And they said, it could be that and you'll be living your day out as if you were still there. Because it was quite scary. I was quite... I, I woke up. I mean, actually, I, I, they came and James Vale was on. Because I was going to call him. Mm. And then, and then, then that was it, and I, I just passed out. Oh my god! Right, Angela, have you spoken to your GP about these feelings and, and what's been going on? Uh, yeah, he said it, it, it's trauma, and it will, it will just go away eventually. It, it, the nurse said, um, my nurse said to me, "Look, Angela, this is not like you. <clears throat> I know you for years now. It, it just calm it. It's because I've not been in hospital for ten years, right. and I'm not because I've always fought it off. But because I'm my age, I'm fifty-five now. It, it, it's a, it's getting my system's a bit weaker than it. Yeah, if you know what I mean. It happens to all of us, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, it's had such a, a huge effect on you. So you're waking up in the morning and it and it feels like you. It's the same day. Yeah. Right. And I, I never had that feeling before. And um, I was there. I just, I just don't know. Right. Well, uh, do you know what? At least you're talking about it, and you've got the nurse gets it, and your doctor understands as well. That's that's the first step, isn't it? Mm. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, you're having such a hard time. Um, well, that's all right, Catherine. But I've, 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 I've talked to my friend um, Alan in Yorkshire, and he said. No way, this is you because he knows me for 20 years. So he said, That ain't you, full stop. And I ha- hadn't 
he, I said, I've lost my appetite, and he said, that's definitely not you. Yeah. And do you still so feel I, ill? Is that the problem, or is it just you're, you, you're still nervous about what happened? I think it, it's nerves. Yeah. And my partner said it's nerves because he said I'm normally, like, sh- shift it off by now. It's just... <laughs> Well, look, you know, I'm going to tell you stuff you already know, Angela, but you know, your partner loves you, you're in a safe place, mm. and obviously your health is is on the up and people are looking out for you, medical people. So mm. it, it it should it should sort of diminish with time, get easier, but if it doesn't, you keep talking and, and keep telling them what's going on with you, because I think it's really important, and it's really good that they're sympathetic and they're listening. Yeah, there's this... Um... My mum, my mum thinks because it's like my mum, my mum knows that I don't like hospitals for no. stop. Who does? And, no, but she knows. There are lovely people. Um, don't get me wrong. They're are beautiful no. people. Yeah, but you'd rather be at uh, home, wouldn't you? I said, oh, can I be at home? So they let me go on. They didn't want me to stay, but I wanted to be at home. Yeah. And um, I just feel. Um, I think there was an infection started there before Christmas, mm. and I've been doing a lot of stuff like my clothes, and I had a lot of parties and, and my videos, and I think it just came to a standstill, and I was it was their health bent. Can, can I ask you yeah. a, a personal question, and you can tell me mm. um, to mind my own business if you want? But, yeah. But I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like we're at a, a place where I can ask you this. You didn't have like yeah. a water infection or anything, did you? I asked that, and I I, I checked. Uh, um, they checked that for me. No, I had to have a water infection. Because that can sometimes that, mess with that, your mind a bit, you know. Yeah, that's what I thought. The first thing, you know, was well, I said I said to my partner, I said I've got a water infection. Yeah. And I, I thought, well, that, um, yeah, there's no, no worries. I, I was just like, you know, my mum asked that as well. Because yeah. they're all saying that. it's not like you, and that's that's the only thing that sort of triggered me. I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a doctor anymore after what happened but um that's just my suggestion listen keep talking to the people yeah. who know who know better than i do yeah. about medical stuff but, but ring us up and, 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 as well yeah uh, she, she asked that as well well if it carries on it might be worth keeping asking mm. i'm not going crazy am i of course you're not mm. you, you know what they say if you can ask that question you're not nuts mm. it's, it's the people that don't think that they are Mm-hmm. They've got the problem. Listen, you're, I'm hoping you're going to be fine, Angela. You know where we are if you yeah. want to give us a ring. But, no worries, mate. But don't listening. torment yourself. I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll be all right, but, you know, you're doing all the right mm. things. Yeah. Night, Angela. Yeah. Okay, night, mate. Take care. I'll speak to Giselle because we keep her on the line and she gets a bit nervous. Hey, Giselle. Hello. Sorry, it's Giselle. I always say Giselle like I'm posh or something. How are you? Giselle is fine. It's, <laughs> I actually... Um, I actually don't know. I think it's a bit like if you say um, Aaron or Aaron. Yeah, like, Cheryl or Cheryl. Both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's going um, on? Yeah, I, I'm good. I, I was going to tell you it was none of your business, but um, as you asked so politely, yeah. um, I, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, uh, I'll be all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'll be all right. Yeah, I well, say that to myself a lot at the Friday. moment. Yeah, it's it's Friday, but I've got um, 
really busy weekend and I would really like a sleep <laughs> if I'm honest <laughs> and, it, and it ain't gonna happen so I've just got to get on with that and, and accept that and it'll be fine but um yeah and like a big family party tomorrow night so I've got to put my um my dancing pants on and uh and and not be um asleep in the corner which is always a challenge when you work nights but apart from that it's all groovy <laughs> I, I, I kind of know what you mean because I have um, I have something called delayed sleep phase disorder, which is uh, it, it's basically like a sleep disorder that where sleep it's it's not like insomnia as such because it's basically where the body clock the circadian rhythms are affected. Um, so it's it's like I, I can still sleep, but I sleep at the wrong times right. because. Um, yeah it, it doesn't it's it's kind of referred to as like day jet lag so uh i i was awake between one o'clock in the morning and about five o'clock this afternoon so like my the, the kind of the patterns that i have to keep to are kind of a bit erratic so i kind of get that but i think um it it helps if you have to do something like to um the psychology of it like imagining uh you kind of have a suit of armor or something like that kind of you know i, I you go into i don't know cast the superheroes for the hour or whatever do you know what i mean and it, it's kind of like the psyche of um you know oh i'm gonna i'm gonna pull on these dancing shoes and <laughs> yeah. you know they're gonna keep me awake for do you know a what hours. it'll be all right because i've got my girls with me and they'll yeah. be the first up on the dance floor and uh I'll get over myself, but it's just the thought of it. You know, at this point, it'll be all right. I'll have had a sleep yeah. by then. But I have been Special waking gathering. up. Yeah, you know, and you know, and it, it, it's not my family; it's the in-laws. So it's always, I always feel like I'm oh. on my best behaviour. Still, you know, we've been married for years, <laughs> but but it's one of those things. But it'll be fine. I, I make it more effort in my head than it actually ends up being. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was I was ringing in because um, basically, I, I give. Uh, the show a call I don't know maybe the first time maybe a year year or so ago yeah. and um, it was the first time I've ever called a radio station and I, I'm still trying to place exactly what made me but there was there was something in, in, in what you, you do in, in, in Ian and, and the show itself that made me do that and I still can't quite put my finger on it but um, at that time I, I was kind of ringing up uh in general, to to kind of increase my my confidence yeah. and stuff, because I'd had I'd, I'd been working in um, radio when I was I trained when I was seventeen. I'd been working in there for about eighteen months, and I I took a knock to my confidence as something happened in the workplace. Oh God, it can and, happen um, so easily. Uh, yeah, do you know it's, it's people don't always realise, but um, it's it, it it happened and it took kind of a knock, and and I didn't kind of work in the industry again for, for uh, hadn't done work on air for four years. And today one of my, uh, my ex-colleagues invited me to go back in because they sort of kept the same station and changed buildings. And uh, I, I did a little bit of work on the air and it, it kind of re-sparked my, and I, you were talking when you had um, uh, Robbie Vincent in, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Um, the, about you mentioned the radio bug which is something that was mentioned to me uh in an interview i once did ages ago um and i was just like it reminded me of, of everything and I, I i kind of was on the air today um and it, it just reminded me of like the hunger and the passion that you have for, for something that you love regardless of what that is um i just kind of wanted to say thanks to i know ian won't probably be listening because he doesn't like to listen when he isn't on but um you know to, to you and to him 
um, because I, I kind of feel like it's been imperative for me calling um, to to kind of get back to that point. So, so I just want to say I kind of really appreciate that. Oh man, that's that's made my week. <laughs> that's made my week. I'm really pleased for you. I know what it can be like when you get your confidence knocked. Something like radio, and um, yeah, it, if you I, don't I, get straight I, back on it, you can just. I, I, there's so many times in the past where I just thought, why am I doing this to myself? You know, it was getting worse and worse. I completely get it. But then you come to the conclusion that there's nothing else you there's nothing else you want to do. Mm, yeah, it's um, radio is is. Like it's something I fell in love with very young, yeah. Um, but it's it's not kind of it's not something that um, I I can do without thinking about it, as it were. It's, it's kind of a, a trade that I had to learn. But um, it's it's that thing of it in in the workplace where I started radio to to basically get over my own demons with certain things, uh, and it was kind of a personal journey for me. But I it was my first workplace bar a bar like a paper round that I had when I was young and uh I so I was kind of learning that to work in itself as much as anything else and uh I never had a problem with my kind of my work itself um but in terms of my kind of conduct and office politics and things like that that I hadn't learned and being autistic as well it's kind of you have to learn again anyway mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's just that kind of thing of, of getting it right and I just think that you know I've been able to, to build my confidence over the last year uh most of the calls I've, I've made has kind of been something I've thought about before I've done it yeah. um and and you know I, I just appreciate kind of where I was and where I was at and I do owe, owe you guys I think uh, certainly in, in part of that Nah, so thank you. nah, you did it. Own it. What's the plan for you then? What what what, what are you going to do from now on? Now you've had that engine relit. Don't relight uh, engines, well, but you know something. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, where I live. So I live in in Norfolk, and um, it's in terms of career progression in in the industry, there isn't that much because there's there is the commercial side. Uh, but a lot of it is owned by family businesses, little local radios and things. And then there's BBC local radio um, and, and community radio. And it, it's not a huge amount of kind of ways to learn. So it may be that I have to relocate somewhere to, to kind of get uh, more experience on my CV. But uh, anything is kind of good until then. I was thinking of, of podcasting and things that I can kind of do. And it's, it's kind of, as I say, it sparked the bug to actually do something creative and actually get that that I, I was it's really weird I'm, I'm never more comfortable than when i'm behind a radio mic yeah and uh that's very odd because like in real life if you talk to me on the street i i sort of you know cringe a little bit and yet, and yet if you put a mic in front of me i'm perfectly happy so well i honestly think that you wouldn't know that you were nervous about going on the phone anymore <sighs> thank you no really it's it's brilliant and it's, it's lovely to see you come on the way you have it's so nice to speak yeah, to you giselle you too you're a good one yeah, so are you, and um, you know, just perhaps if you when you next see him, you could let him know for me, and um, you know, just just kind of that I appreciate uh, the the show and uh, yeah, this cool. progression. So cool. thank you very much. Of course I will. Thanks, Giselle. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give me a ring, talk about whatever you want. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give me a ring, you'd be welcome to do so. If you're waiting for a question or whatever, it, it probably won't happen. You know, it may come up in in the course of the the calls that we get. Something might um, 
ring your bell or whatever, but you don't have to wait for a question. Talk about whatever you want. 0344 499 1000. You can text talk and your message to 87222 if you'd rather. Or you can tweet me at Flipping Kath or at Talk Radio. It all gets to the same place and I'll, and I'll read it out as long as it's readable, if you know what I mean. Uh, let's speak to Christine. Hey, Christine. Hello. Hello. Hiya. Um, I'm, re- I'm, a, I'm a first-time caller, so I'm a bit nervous. Okay. Could you, ta- could you take me off speakerphone so I can hear you a bit better? Yeah. I'll certainly... Oh, hold on. Oh. Um. Right. I heard something. Is that better? Is that better? Let's have a listen. Sorry. Yeah, it is um, a bit better yeah. one. Um, I was talking about the Liam Neeson case. Right. Where he's, where he's been, like, slagged off for being, like, racist and everything else. Um, two years ago, my daughter was raped, and um, she was 19 at the time. Oh, God, I'm really sorry. And um, we're, we're still suffering with this. Um, we found out the, the guy was actually an Irish gypsy. Right. So at, the, at that time... Every gypsy, to me, was horrible. Right. But you didn't go out with a kosh prowling the streets hoping no. one would start on you, did you? No, no, I didn't. But to me, it was awful mm-hmm. that, that that what had happened to her. She, she was 19. She was a virgin. And the police, the police were awful. They, right. they didn't get the conviction. Right. Um, but the, the, the guy that raped her is actually in prison now. Um, what, did he get found doing something else? Yeah, yeah. But that was to do with the paedophile hunters, which I don't agree with most of the time. Okay. But my daughter, who, who was 19, looks about 13, she's tiny. Mm-hmm. And he he was convicted on trying to get um, a fourteen year old online. Oh my god! So in so the he's so been convicted. right. So you know you've been through an awful time. Um, how do you think it could have been? Your time could have been made easier. If the police would have taken us more seriously, the, the police. They were great when it happened. Right. They took us to the rape unit. They did everything else. They, you know, they should do. And then next to it, well, all oh, we can't convict him now. He's not enough evidence. I don't know where you've moved to, Christine, but I'm having trouble hearing you. Oh, sorry. There you go. There was just not enough evidence to convict him. Right. And, you know, my daughter now, two years on, She's, she's, she's 21 shortly, and she's finally met somebody, and she's happy. Yeah. And then she says to me at night, Mummy, I, I, I can't be with him because I can't sleep with him because I'm scared. So I'm, like, dealing, trying to deal with this. Yeah. Have you um, had any help from, I don't know, rape crisis or someone who can give you... We, 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 we've been trying. My daughter is still waiting for counselling. You're kidding me. Two years on? Two years on. That's incredible. Two years on. That's incredible. In St Mary's Hospital in Manchester, we're right. still waiting for counselling. 
My God. Have you so have you gone independently to rape crisis though? Because I wonder whether they may, might be able to, you know, put a rocket under the right chair. We haven't. We've just been keep. We've kept going on to St Mary's Hospital. Yeah. But we're not getting anywhere with them. Oh. At all. Well, tell you what, Christine, I'm going to put you back to Haley. If you wouldn't mind, if she could take your phone number. And, mm-hmm. and maybe a surname, if you don't mind. And what I'll do is maybe I'll get in touch with someone who can help you out off air and we'll see that if we can... That would be absolutely brilliant. Because, you know, sometimes you get lost in the official channels. In the meantime, not only is your daughter having to deal with this and trying to have, you know, an, an adult relationship, but also it must be hard on you as well. Oh, uh, I'm devastated. I bet. Honestly. I bet. She, she was a little... She, she's... If you've seen my daughter, you'd think she was about 13, 14, but she's 20. Yeah. Yeah, so she's one of these that gets ID'd her wherever she goes. She's tiny. Mm. And, yeah. All right. Well, let's see what we can do, Christine. I can't make any promises, but it's worth a go, isn't it? Yeah. All Thank right. you very much. No problem. I'm going to put you back to Hayley and she'll take your details and I'll get on it on Monday if that's okay. Thank you very much. I oh, know you're all right. Thanks for telling us about it. What an awful situation. Hello, George. Hello, 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 hello. Good hello, evening. hello, hello. Um, I used to call up uh, maybe two and a half years ago and uh, when I lived in London. And, um, oh gosh, following on from a phone call. Like, no, it's <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, this is the home of the clunky bit, gear yeah. change. It's fine. I know. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to tell um, me you had something stuck, are you? Oh, that would be a, a jolly uh, side <laughs> riff. <laughs> um, no, um, but no, I uh, I met you once upon a time uh, when, oh God, years ago, it must have two years ago, and I gave a, again, a, a sort of clunky gear change at one of your performance rings when I talked about uh, a, a ghost in London and things. And... Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes, that was me. And... Um, I was so embarrassed by the performance I gave. Why? You were brilliant. You were brilliant. Oh, that's what a nice person would say. But I remember those people sort of chuckling in the audience and it haunts me to this day. No, but you know what? It was such... I remember that. And that's what kind of started, you know, Ian and I now do this podcast when we take it around the country and because we decided Mm. that the vibe was so great and people come to this thing on their own um, and don't feel like they're... Um, that they're you know outsiders or whatever because it's there's such a nice feel to each of these performances and it start it started out a performance ring because you know the the audience was so kind of um, nurturing and stuff you mustn't feel like you shamed yourself because all I can remember is brilliance. No, yeah, well, yeah, it was fun. and then honestly after that night I I um I never signed up again um, and it was only tonight I thought oh I'll have a I'll tune in and see what's going on. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the meantime, actually, uh, I've moved houses. I used to live in London. Now I live in uh, Fiscal Biggleswade, which is. I know, Biggleswade, Bedfordshire. Yes, mate, here we go. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, no, I was, I was so uh, ashamed of my own performance there that I've, I've, I, um, I've moved in and I started up my own podcast to get my sort of uh, brain around it. To talk really? about London. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, and so I do that now, and uh, it's called Invisible London, so right. I'm going to plug it here secretly, yeah, but it. that's not the reason I phoned up. But, um, 
Invisible yeah, London. Yeah. I, I, I seem to remember you told us, wasn't there like, if I'm remembering right, there was kind of an Egyptian um, mausoleum um, and yeah. and inside oh. there was rumoured to be kind of the portal to the netherworld or something. Is that right? Brompton Cemetery. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, there's a weird tomb in Brompton Cemetery, which uh, supposedly there's, um, there's no key for it, but inside could well be some sort of time portal, and that uh, the woman who died inside, uh, she knew a guy who used to talk to the Duke of Wellington about um, oh, like weapons that could travel through space and time. And yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That was fascinating. You see, I still... That's what yeah. I remember about your speech. I don't remember <laughs> you shaming yourself at all. I, fa- I found it fascinating. Oh, well, that's wonderful news. <laughs> I wish you'd have had this conversation with me in the wake of it so you could have not had the what two years of um you know gritting your teeth and wishing that it never happened oh well no i thought well i i thought well i'm terrible live but i might be all right if i can sit down and have everything written down in front of me and, and go for it for a podcast but no so i've uh, yeah the, i've been um just researching weird things about london and the idea being is that um uh, wherever you are, I can listen to an episode of the podcast and you might be in Green Park or in Trafalgar Square and listen to a 20-minute talk and it will tell you some weird and odd things about where you are. And uh, then you've got some facts that you could tell people about or when you walk past, you can notice something. And oh, that's just, brilliant. Uh, I'm in between podcasts yeah. at the moment, so I might have a little listen. I'm fascinated by that stuff. Have you done the Highgate Vampire? Oh, actually, it's one of those things that everyone knows about. So that's one of the sort of things that everyone has been talking about. But one, I think it's another thing that I think, because I haven't listened to your programme, literally, for when I've been to you. Oh, George, where have you gone? Hang on. Oh, oh, oh. oh. No, you're back. Go back to where you were standing. I went on to speak. I went on Don't move. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think you might have found that portal to the nether um, netherworld. Yeah, but um, because everyone's heard about the Highgate Vampire, but there's other weird things that people wouldn't have heard about. Like, um, at the minute, like, there's a real bit of London weird folklore going on with the whole idea of the Croydon cat killer. Oh, and, yeah. Like, that could be... There could be someone out there who's killing cats, or... Didn't they do just... someone for that recently? Because we've spoken oh. we've spoken to people from Snarl, who are yeah. the, the, the ones who are ma- oh. mainly pushing this forward, because, you know, it, so it's happening really frequently, and now people... Yeah. Now people are going to them and they're passing information on to the police. And it does sound awful, and I, I believe them. We've spoken to them a couple of times. It sounds absolutely horrific what's been going on. Um, yeah, and the, But they're wondering... The police. the police think, well, some of them might be animal attacks, like foxes and stuff, but some of them seem pretty precise. Excuse me, sorry, no. Yeah, absolutely, and this is like the... Uh, all, you know, in the Victorian period, there were people who were worried about, like Spring Hill Jack, who would, uh, you know, run about and attack women. And then suddenly, this was this. Um, there was a monster out there who was attacking people. And now, uh, with the um, Croydon cat killer attacks, yeah. they say, well, you know, this is a person, and it could start preying on people. And it's there's a guy on Twitter who every day says, right, it's time to put your cats inside because there's someone out there who's looking to kill your cat. Oh, my word. It's, yeah, it's one of these things. And if it is just foxes, we don't know. If there is animals getting killed, we don't know. But it's this is sort of folklore in action, which I think is absolutely a really sort of fascinating part of any the Twitter world. And, oh, it's, it, 
It's a fascinating subject. I mean, it is. So that's Invisible London. And where do we find that? If we, do I just Google it and they'll find it? Or is it on... Oh, yeah, Invisible London podcast. Uh, because I think there's a band called Invisible London, so I couldn't have that. But, uh, yeah, Invisible London podcast. All right. I think there's about three or four episodes so far. But, um, no, yeah, again, I, I just wanted to say that it was uh, inspiration from uh, you and Ian having um, the uh, performance ring things. And I was, yeah, embarrassed by doing it badly well you didn't do it badly <laughs> but i'm glad something good came out of it that's the main thing yeah yeah sure and and then listening earlier on and there's people who oh fascinating stuff i, I wish i hadn't stopped listening <laughs> well i wish you hadn't as well but we can set that straight from now on can't we george yeah absolutely i'm here right. until 1am all right all right and we'll <laughs> cool. be back next Have week nice and day. hopefully things will be back to normal or as normal as it gets around here nice to speak to you george after all this time oh well i was very pleased to be able to call in and talk to you oh now well, you can call any time thanks very much george awesome see you bye-bye oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand the late night alternative with Catherine boyle on talk radio and the number to call if you fancy a gab, 0344 499 1000. I've had a tweet through from Ricky, who's too chicken, even though he's obviously got his phone in his hand to ring up. And that's fine. He says, when I was about, I asked what you had stuck in you and, um, you know, if you build it, they will come and all that. When I was about six or seven, says Ricky, claims Ricky. I spent a night in hospital having a wooden bead removed from my ear under general anaesthetic. Apparently, it had been in there so long that the skin had started to grow over it. Man alive. The skin had started to grow over it. And I've heard of things like that happening, but uh, I always cleaned my ears out, right? So how do you, how would it be in there so long that no one would see it? Ricky, there are so many questions, and I know you've got your phone, so come on, bite the bullet. 0344 If you carry on holding your phone that long, your skin's going to start growing over that. Hello, Louise. Hi, Kath. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> Oh, I need help. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I think, it depends what it is, but I'll try. I think I've lost it. I think whatever brain cells I have, I think they've they've blown away with Storm Eric. <laughs> is it bad then? Oh, I'm sure plenty of people have done this, but I'm going to tell this story in the way that it has happened and I'll probably confuse myself even more in the process. So just kind of bear with me. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So... It's my brother's birthday, mm-hmm. and I knew that they had plans all day. And, you know, my plan was send a message to my dad tonight to see, you know, what's the best time to ring. So I've done that, didn't get a reply, and thought, well, that's that's a bit strange. And then the roll call on Twitter, the mm-hmm. lovely Joe does the roll call on Twitter every night for the show, um, that pings up, and I'm thinking... That's really, really weird. Saturday. Uh, maybe maybe Kath's doing a show, you know, this Saturday night. Yeah. And then it hits me. It's not Saturday, it's so, Friday. So did you live yesterday like it was Friday? I mean, were you out? Or... I, no. There's no reason for it no. at all? You just have got absolutely no clue what day it is? I just completely skipped a day and I've spent all day thinking that it's Saturday I even sent him a text message to my dad, you know, like, I'll be on my list, I'll be there tomorrow evening, because I'm thinking tomorrow's Sunday. Uh-huh. Oh, 
I don't know where my hair is. But you know what? It couldn't be worse. You could have thought it was the day after, you know, and missed his birthday altogether. At least now he's prepared for your good wishes and he's prepared, he's super prepared for your visit on Sunday. Well, I had to send a text back. It's a WhatsApp. I had to send a WhatsApp back saying, completely ignore that last message. I've just realised it's Friday and I'm actually planning about, you know, I'm talking about coming up on Sunday. Uh-huh. Does he live a long way away? Um, it's about a 45 minute drive and it's it's not a road that I'm used to. You kind of have to drive around the outskirts of Belfast and, you know, I'm okay with, you know, short distances and, and places that I know. And then there's a part of the motorway that it goes into four different lanes and you have to go from one lane over into the fourth lane and yeah. that kind of terrifies me a bit. But, you know, I've done it. I've done it twice before, uh-huh. you know, and I'll be all right doing it. You know, I will, I will do it. But you know, it's, but that's it's the bit that sticks in you. That's the bit that you can't see past. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, do, I totally get it. Um, the last two times that I've I've tried to go up, um, the first time I had to turn back ten, fifteen minutes into the journey because I started to take a migraine and I had to abandon my car at sisters, my sister's house. Oh, blimey. And then we tried uh, just before Christmas and um, the fog. The fog was far too bad. And I just turned and said to my son, I can't do this. Well, maybe this is a sign. Maybe you should set out now for Sunday, (laughs) just just in case. I believe now we might get. (laughs) And there'll be fewer people on the road, so they won't be in the way. You'd have to worry about those four lanes. Bless yeah, you. I'll start walking. <laughs> uh, we're coming to Belfast soon, so um, hopefully we'll see you. Oh, we'll be there, yeah. Yes. We'll be there. Um, be so good. I think, there's, I think there's going to be quite a few of us. Well, I'll be there. Right. Is, so, um, yeah, I think there's going to be quite a few of us going. So well, That'd be very cool. I was thinking, I asked my friend Brendan, who comes from Belfast, and I always ask him, and he never, he, he never has an answer. But I said to him, listen, um, Ian sings Sweet Caroline and it goes down like an absolute barnstormer in Northern Ireland, as you well know, Brendan. I said, is there a sort of female version? Is there a, is there a singer I should uh, channel myself? And he, he just, he said, no. I, in fact, let me read out what he said. All right, come on. Where is it? Here we go. The only female singer from Northern Ireland that comes to mind for me is Cara Dillon. She's lovely, but none of her songs are really memorable, to be honest. You could play Belfast Child by Simple Mind... Or if you wanted to surprise them, you could play Cats in the Cradle and refer to the advert that it was used on in 1993. What's that? Oh, oh, no, that was an advert to do with the Troubles. Oh, my God, Brendan, what are you trying to do? Stitch me up. Um, I'm trying to avoid that subject because I know we've got a mixed crowd there, so I don't want to go anywhere near any of that stuff. And the song, uh, the song by Cara Dillon, if I'm thinking correctly, um, she'd done a song called Roses. Right. Um, if, and I could be totally wrong in this, but I think that was a song to do with the troubles as well. Right. Um, Is there anything like it. Sweet Caroline that will not offend anybody? Um, not by a Northern Irish or Irish singer, but um, and it's not a female singer either, but um, it's got a girl's name in it. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Smokey and Alice. Right, okay. Thanks very much, Louise. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help anymore. <laughs> I, I kind of get the tone of the uh, the tone of the crowd now from, from that suggestion, but I appreciate it. Thanks very much, Louise. And take well, care. Well, of you know what I'll slaughter like. Yeah. Well, have a good have a good Sunday, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. 
We'll see you in Belfast and I'm looking forward to it. You will do. You probably won't hear me singing though by the sounds of that. It's probably best to stay clear of the uh, old sing song. Hello, Mark. Oh, one second. Oh, you're busy. No, I'm just looking. Um, you, you just, there you go. I was just looking on Instagram. Oh. Do apologise. Is there anything good on there? No, it was just naked people. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I didn't think well, you were allowed no. to be naked on Instagram anymore. I'll do some Pete lads with tops off. All oh, right, I'll do, won't it? I'll do. Just thought I'd uh, have a little gander. Why not? That's what they want. It, it's a thirst trap. It's nice without shouting. I don't know. I feel like I should be. I, I should be getting more aerated. It feels a little bit chilled. And I don't know. I haven't had the it urge to yell at anyone chill. yet, but I could, this could change, Mark. Yeah, it could do. It'll probably be at me. <laughs> it won't so be. I've got one question for you. Oh, go on. So, what is your actual role at the radio? My role on the radio, normally. Yeah, normally. Well, I'm the producer, so okay. that, that just clears it all up. Right. That, I mean, it means the boss. Um, but I'm also the co-presenter. Yeah, so how come it's not Ian Lee and Catherine Boyles? It's just Ian Lee. Well, because that's a really long title, isn't it? You'd have to imagine sticking that under podcast. That's screen. what the show's all about, isn't it? Yeah, I guess I'll I'll make I'll make that case, Mark. That it really is all. I think all... you should. Thanks. Are you in Nottingham? I am. Yeah. How come? Do you live there? No, that's valid. Well, I don't. I live in between Nottingham and Workshop. Oh right. I used to live in Nottingham. Oh, did you? Yeah, I went to university there. Oh, you poor thing. Which one was it? Trent or was it just the normal Nottingham? The normal Nottingham. Oh, yeah. Trent didn't like us very much. <laughs> no, Trent I, didn't like me very much either. The, uh, my boyfriend had a friend who went to Trent, Nottingham Trent, and I remember meeting him and his girlfriend in town and they refused to come back to our student union because they said it was full of snobs. Oh, God. Exactly. It's good so to that, that's what I really wanted to ask and say hello. Well, I appreciate it. Because when I normally call, I don't really get to talk to you. No. I know, he, he gets in the way, doesn't he, of things. Bless him. <laughs> he's poorly. Yeah, he's not very I've well. only just been able to tune in. How come? Because I've been at work and I've just come home. Where do you work? Some support work. I don't know if you remember. Oh, you're the one that stays over. Yeah, that's the one. I remember. So you've you've got in, so you, so really, it's, it's a bit of a novelty that you're staying in your own bed tonight. Yeah, it is. Blimey. How's it been going? Are they treating you any better? A little bit. It's it's people when they're all sick and then where all dessert, they can just expect you to stay. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, totally. It's not just in that job, is it? Someone No, which is a bit of a balls. (sighs) When you want to go home and just get in your own bed. All right. And with a little bit of Instagram relaxation? Oh, yeah. I was just literally just scrolling because I didn't know whether you had like a couple more people lined up, and you couldn't pinch yourself. Oh crap! Well, no, because it said on the on my screen, Mark, go quick because he's having a right old perv on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the thing with Instagram it was that if it's something to be self harming. Oh yeah, they, haven't they sort of said that they're going to crack down on that? Even though I don't see how they can really. Oh, I don't know how they can. Then. Well, I've, I've been on there since I was, like, 16, and I've never seen a picture of somebody that's self-harmed. No. I think if you want to find it, if you want to look for it, you will. Yeah. And surely they have to, you'd have to report it. They're not going to have recognition software that says, hang on a minute, this looks like someone's self-harming. No, well, how, they wouldn't be able to do that, surely. No, but they have to say it, don't they? So it looks like they're yeah. being busy. 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah. back back to back, back to those uh, tops off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Try and get some sleep. I will. Don't go now. Night, Mark. Nice to speak Bye. to. <laughs> wow. That's a little peep into someone's life. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Darren's suggesting if you're looking to sing in Belfast, could you suggest the Queen of the Silver Dollar? Graham says Belfast will be like Glasgow, but a wee bit more so. You'll have a fantastic time. I love it over there. Yeah, we've been once, and it was great. In fact, I was really surprised. It was a quite a big venue, much bigger than what we're used to. And when we first went in there, you know, you kind of look into this big kind of gaping chasm of a room compared to the little sort of upstairs in the pub type rooms that we play which are brilliant and warm and you know everyone's kind of close together and it doesn't feel so much like you're on the stage dance monkey girl dance anyway so we, we went in there but honestly that crowd in belfast was absolutely flipping amazing they couldn't have been more welcoming and we said from then on that we that we wanted to go back so that's the point we're going to go back to belfast uh, i think we've also got gigs coming up in glasgow uh i'm, gonna, I'm trying to remember them all now bath london Luton. Some of those are getting sold out though. So if you fancy coming to see us, we'd be really pleased to meet you and we stick around afterwards for photos and that. Have a look at uh, ianlee.com slash event, not events. I don't know why. I mean, I had nothing to do with that labelling. But ianlee.com slash event and uh, and get your tickets as soon as you can because they do sell out all of a sudden. So if you're thinking about it, do it. I'll speak to you the other side of the news. 0344 499 1000 is the number. You know that. Give me a ring. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio. Don't have a lot, but with me that's fine. Whatever I got, well, I know it's mine. I don't go around with a local crowd. I don't dig what's in Tell me what to say I choose my own side And I like it that way I don't worry about all the things I'm the There's only one thing I want I ain't got You know that I'm thinking about you, baby But you better know The phone that I wrote, I'll cross the ocean The phone that I wrote 
It's good though, isn't it? Lulu, the song written by Neil Diamond. That's what Sweet Caroline got me thinking about. If you want to give me a call, 0344 499 1000 is the number. That's 0344 499 1000. An hour to go, but it'll probably be less than that because Martin Kellner will be in before we know it. So if you want to speak, do it now or forever hold you, you know what. Hello, Carol. Hi. Hello. Hello, you all right? I'm all right, yes, uh, but I'm a bit grumpy. Why? About Because um, I've just seen about the, the FGM legislation has just been blocked by Sir Christopher Chope shouting object, just like he did with the upskirting, so I'm not very happy with him. It's the same fella, is it? Yeah. He's done it again. What's no, his problem? I know. I think it's a disgrace. I don't know how I... anyone could say, right, taking a picture of someone's skirt is in any way justifiable. No. And even less so how flipping genital mutilation by to anyone is okay. I know. So what he, well, he's just, he's blocked it. He's blocked it and it might fail now because they're going to possibly run out of parliamentary time to get it back. He's... So he's not the most popular person in the house at the moment. No, he but sounds... he's still... He, do, he does it every time because he doesn't like private members' bills. Ah, right. So he says so... it's because of private members' bill. Private members' bill, that's a slip Because time. they don't have time to debate them properly. Right. But well, unfortunately, he seems to be sticking his oar in with the really sensitive ones. Well, it's all about women's rights. Yeah, no funny and that. He's a man. So uh, I think that's. Uh, the, I think he might be the private was... member in this scenario. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, other than so... that, knobhead, what's going on with you, Carol? Oh, I'm all right. I'm a bit down, a bit down lately. Mm. But apart from that, but I just wanted to. Add a little bit. Go on. To um, about abortion. Right. Yeah. Because the gentleman who rang up earlier—that was, that I was no gentleman. What he was saying. No, I think it was a prankster. In fact, I'm pretty sure oh, it was a prankster. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Because at first I thought he was just thick, but it turned out he was just—he was thick and uh, and not funny. Um. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, what I'd like to add. Yeah. Is. I think it would be a really good idea if any male anti-abortionist, if they want any lady to carry a child to full term or, you know, create the baby because it's a few cells and then it takes nine months to pop out as a child. It does, if you're looking. Um, Mine were clinging on for a little bit longer than that to force well, them out. But what I'd like to say to all those men is I don't mind if you are anti-abortion, but what I'd like you to do is sign this contract here and open your wallet because it's going to cost you at least £500 a month for the next 19 years. For every lady that you dissuade from this decision that she's reluctantly made, 
because it never seems to get mentioned. I just wondered what your thoughts were. I've never thought about the financial aspect of it, more the psychological aspect of, of asking someone to go through with a pregnancy that they are they are, they don't want to, right? I've never yeah. got to the point of, uh, and then it's going to cost you money because you know people well, people make the money, don't they? If they if they want the children, they, they find it from somewhere. But, but um, uh, uh, yeah, it's always it seems to be the women that get left with children. Because they accidentally um, have a you know, um, relationship with somebody who's completely unsuitable as a father figure, and they, they they're the ones who all seem to suffer the most. Mm. And I think it's an important point that they they're not just doing something short term. They. The money's got to come from somewhere. And if they're so keen on it, well, why don't you just sign this contract here that I've drafted up for you um, and then see see what it's all about? Because it's not just the pregnancy and the birth, but it's house of child what chances is that child going to have in the future? And that takes money and hard work. And um, I just thought I'd chuck that into the debate because it's all very centred on the moment and not centred on the future. That's a fair thought, so, Carol. It's a fair thought. I, I just wondered what you thought about that kind of aspects of it because it never seems to get mentioned no well i don't want anyone being forced to i don't want anyone being forced to give up their body for something they don't want to do as far as i'm concerned if it's you know if it's my womb then it's my decision well yes depending on what the relationship is with the person that i've conceived this child with you know i do think that that men should be involved if they are involved you know what i mean but when it comes down to it you know Who's going to be looking after that child for sure, generally, exactly. for the next day? Unless you do something terrible. It's a thought, anyway. Yeah. Carol, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. £500, yeah. though, seems like a little bit of a snip. Uh, hello, hello. The snip, there's an idea. Hello, Dave. Hello. Hello. I've just rung because something's been on my chest for a while. I saw on Twitter someone said that Macbeth should not be doing in GCSEs anymore in schools. And I think I've been writing at it. Macbeth is one of the best things that's ever happened to this country. I play Paul. Want to get rid of it? Gosh. Well, I hope you get over that. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kath. Hey, nice to hear from you. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Oh, yeah. Well, it's Friday. It'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ringing up to get a little bit of advice, actually. Oh, God. You're asking me? I am, because there's some people out there who I've never met who I invest a lot of respect and trust in, and you're definitely one of those. Oh, so I reckon you can uh, you can guide me in the right direction. Well, OK. I, I admire your optimism. Let's see what we can do. What, what are you thinking? Well, um, as you know, I am sort of uh, a risk taker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I sort of go uh, quite risky situations. Um, and you also know that I'm sort of out as trans in bits of my life, but not other bits. 
Yeah. And and uh, one of those bits is my work. I'm always in my drab at work. And uh, just before Christmas, I had a week-long course up in a city in the north. Um, and I thought, right, well, this is a really nice opportunity to go to an exciting new place, and it would be a shame for Rebecca not to get to do that. Mm-hmm. So I took two cases up there. I took a drab case, and I took a Rebecca case. And in the daytimes, I uh, went into my this course with all these NHS chief executives and medical directors and all these people more senior than me. And then in the evenings, I'd become what I was supposed to be, Rebecca. And yeah. I would hang out in the bar downstairs and sort of avoid anybody else from my course because we had a big hotel that was booked for us. So did they, um, they they know that was you or are they completely unaware well, of this? No, they were completely unaware. They were all people I'd never met before. But oh God, you say like taking in, risks. That is yeah. one hell of a risk, isn't it? <laughs> so they booked that whole floor of the hotel and I'd, I'd have to sort of make sure nobody knew what room I was in and I would come out when I thought that the coast was clear or whatever, which sort of sounds a bit ridiculous and sad and it's not... Not a good situation to be in, but I'd be down in the bar in a different bit of the bar to them, and, uh, and nobody ever really sort of recognised or knew what was going on. But by the end of that kind of week, it got ridiculous, so I thought I need to tell some people about it. Yeah. So I, I talked to two or three people, and um, we discussed the kind of uh, the, the the issues I had and the the kind of the sadness around it. But that was all that was all fine. But now that course has another module coming up in America, and I'm wondering whether to take Rebecca to. America or not, I think the idea of going through customs and having my case opened um, and having fake boobs and <laughs> kind of you mean they're not yours in front of all my colleagues <laughs> <laughs> is uh, is slightly frightening. Yeah, but, uh, but it, again, it's, it'd be a uh, it'd be a, a nice thing to do. So is the risk worth taking? Basically, well, you know of being the dragged out of customs line by some burly kind of customs official yeah. patted down and whatever. Gosh. Gosh. The way you say it, it makes it sound rather appealing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You, only you can answer that question. It sounds like you're kind of, you, you've got a foot towards that already to me. Mm. Well, I, 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 I want to be more out in my life. I don't want to, to make this more than the kind of 50% it is at the moment. Yeah. Just uh, the kind of the uh, origin break. But I slightly worry that I'm doing it because it's a risk. Yeah, That's is it not very healthy? Right. Well, listen to your gut instinct there, because that's an important one. That's yeah. a really important one. But it's, is it is it is it that? Are you trying to keep yourself healthy? I I, I am. Yeah, yes, that's that's what it is. On, yeah. Right. And and how mortified would you be? I, I don't think the worst case scenario is likely to happen. I've been to America a number of times, and I don't think they've ever opened my bag. Certainly not in front of me. They probably, I think they might have been in it once when I um, flew to Vegas with my sister just for a couple of days because she was cabin crew. So it looks very sus, doesn't it? If someone's got mm. a really small bag and they've come all the way from England, so I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's unlikely to happen. But would you be able to deal with the consequences if it did? Do you think you're strong um, enough to do to, to be do that? Honest. I have the feeling I'd probably end up turning it into a, a conversation point. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just a step in, in, in getting to the place I want to be at and however kind of dramatic it is. Yeah. Maybe maybe drama is what I'm driven by. I don't know. I get it. I get. I totally get that. Um, well, maybe it is that thing. You know, like, right, this is a bad comparison, but you hear about people who are having affairs and, you know, they leave their phone 
definitely where their other half's going to find it so that it will mm. prompt, it will cause that explosion that's needed to get to the next stage of their life that yeah. they daren't take calmly. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's what I'm doing. Well, yeah. Because, because I haven't come out to them yet and it's been a long time. Isn't it crappy that um, you've got to come out to anyone? Yeah, it is. It is it's, it's very crappy. But, um, um, but can but, you see yourself like being being able to be yourself full time? Can you see that? Can you imagine it? Or... Well, well uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> That's what puts me off. Tell me about it's it. Lazy, but you do more work than I do because you take more care. There's, there's yeah, there's, there's there's several hours a day involved. But uh, you, I would be in a better place if I did. Yeah, I'd be in a happier place. Well, you know, it doesn't. Here's the thing: if you're, if there's any part of you that's worried, keep the thought that it's a possibility, but you don't have to do it now. Mm. I think that's sensible. It's sensible, but is that disappointing? I get the feeling that you you want me to go. Do you know what? Go, no, go no, I, I'm, I'm not looking for any any uh, any particular advice. I'm just looking for for what you think. I'm, I'm open to. Everything. I I think you know yourself, and any reservations you've got at the moment, listen to them. And I know you'll you'll weigh them up, and I'm not I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm I, all I'm going to the only advice I'd give you, apart from don't take my advice, is mm. the only advice I'd give you is don't ignore that little voice. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, if I, anyone's I, I listening that's been there, I mean, you know better than I do. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I don't know how you take that step. It will come. I feel like it's going to come because. You know what you're doing, and the fact that you're kind of out on Twitter and stuff—that's a big thing, you know. And mm. also, you've spoken to your colleagues now, so it wouldn't be a huge surprise. Mm. Yes, I spoke to the ones I felt I could kind of trust, and uh, yeah, and, and that seems to have been fine. So it's just uh, well, just, uh, I would imagine well, everybody knows. Yeah, I would imagine, and and I don't know, you know, but someone working within the NHS—they've seen it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's the best place you could be working for this, I suspect. Yeah. And you know, talking about those burly customs officials, they're people who've seen it all as well. <laughs> They'll probably be disappointed that all that's in there is a pair of fake boobs. <laughs> so I wouldn't worry about what those people think, but it's just whether you, how you, how prepared you are to deal with the what might be fallout. Yeah. Well, Literally what might fall out of your bag. <laughs> Yeah, but I have yeah. great confidence in you. I think that you're some you're quite remarkable. You know, I've been following you on Twitter, and um, you know the fact that you, you know that you do what you do, and that you, I know it can't be as, as easy as you make it look online. But um, you know, I, I, if I had a hat, it would be off. Thank you. Very nice to hear. You. Thank you very much. Are you a good one, Rebecca? Let me know what happens and what you decide. I but I, I but I know you'll make the right decision. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you. Thank uh, you take, very much. Take care of yourself. Thanks for ringing. Bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I mean, I'm not. I'm not an agony aunt, as you heard. But you know, if you want to chew the fat, I'm the right person to be chewing. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. Christian, hang on, will you? I'm just going to have a quick word with Nigel. Uh, if you want to give me a ring, 03444991000. And thanks to Dave, by the way, who says, uh, kind of backs up what I said to Rebecca earlier on. I'm sure most airport officials have seen everything and won't be fussed at all. I know, but we know that. 
I bet Rebecca knows that, but it's a different thing trying it, trying it on, isn't it? Uh, hello, Nigel. Oh, hi, Catherine. Hey. How are you? You're on your own tonight. I am. I'm all by myself. Um, well, the whole evening, have you been doing? Yeah. Uh, so, was it? It's not too too difficult for you, though, is it? I'm bearing is up it? in a cruel world, Nigel. <laughs> so, what is he on? Is he got a, a day off? Then he's got a sore throat. And if you've got no voice, it's going to be a bit of a quiet radio well, show. It's what's going around. What I, ha- I had, you know, my chest infection. Might be. Because I had a throat, a funny throat first, didn't I? I you did. Talk. You sounded like Phyllis Pierce from Coronation Street for a long yeah. time. <laughs> I did. And uh, yeah, So you were an agony aunt as well then? No, I'm not. Oh, that's a shame. No, but, well, you try me if you want, but I can't. No, it's just, it's just uh, um uh, I, I'm I'm still in in love with Miley Cyrus. No. I'm not joking. I'm still in, well. I'm still in love with Miley Cyrus. And every time I see her on Facebook, I, I want to cry because because I'm all on my own and I haven't got mum. And 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 she's the only person I really love at the moment. You know. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a lot older, but uh, as a friend, I, I really like her a lot. You know. Yeah. It, 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 it's very sad. And 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 I. I, I want to meet her and I can't because she's so far away. And she just got married. Um, yes, but we could still be friends. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'm not a hot after marrying or, or anything, you know. So it's it's a difficult to get my head round, really. Um, yeah, I understand that, Nigel. Um, I understand I thought, that. But you I know, thought, here's the thing, sorry? Nigel. Can yeah. I can I make a suggestion? Um, mm. you don't really know her. Well, I do, I do really, because I've followed her for so about ten years. You know. Yeah, well, I know, well, but you don't really know her. You know what she puts out to mm. the public, but she might be quite different in real life. She might be a flipping nightmare. Well, she could be hard to live with. She could be impossible. I mean, I mean, she shuts herself away in in, in um, a studio in the back in the back garden, doesn't she, to make a record? Apparently, yeah. But I, I can't well, imagine you being able to take her down the pub in Maidstone and her being impressed. <laughs> I think she's quite an ordinary girl at heart, really, because, you know, she's she's probably the same as any other girl when she's not doing the music. She is. But and, she, uh, she is quite young for you, though. I wonder whether you've had enough in yeah, common to talk course, about. I it's just that I think because I'm I'm, I'm quite lonely, I, I, I think of her more, more, you know, uh, in a way. Yeah. But anyway, jump into another subject. Please. Um, I, I found a buyer for my teapot. <laughs> I've got I've got two hundred teapots that I bought for my mum over the years, the collectible ones at houses, trains, and and, and pubs and things. They're lovely teapots. They're they're, they're amazing, you know. And they co- to buy one they cost about thirty or forty pounds each. Mm-hmm. And so, and how I, much are they offering you for your two hundred? Well, I I probably will be able to get rid of them. I probably would be able to get about. Two hundred pounds for the lot I've got. I think I reckon. What's that? Uh, that that means that they're being valued at a pound each. Uh, no, 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 no. I get what am I talking about? Because they'll be selling them for thirty pounds each. No, I'll probably get, for about fifty. I'll probably get about two hundred pounds for about fifty of them. Mm. So that's not bad, is it? Uh, not sure that maths works. But 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 anyway, I, 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 the the person's on holiday who's coming to look at them in a week's time, which is the guy who, in a special place where you buy teapots. Uh, I'm not, I don't really want to say where about no. the place is. It's nobody else's business. He's the teapot man. That's all we need to know. It's a teapot, but it's, it's near me anyway. Uh, so that's great, isn't it? I've got they're interested in buying them because I spoke to his mother. Right. Okay. Uh, well, look, it, it is it is good, but if bear in mind, if they were thirty pounds. Mm. You shouldn't be selling them for what would be two pounds each at your no, maths. No, 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 no. I'm going to sell them for 
Um, you probably won't get 30 for them unless they're super... pounds each, I would think, would be okay. All right. 15 pounds each. And if I sell 50, it soon adds up, doesn't it? Yeah. Have you got a calculator? <laughs> but I don't know how many they want yet. So, um, I'll be glad to get them off my hands because there's so many, about 200 of them. So, right. so that's, that's, that's about 500 pounds at 15 pounds. <laughs> mm. 500 pounds at 15 pounds each, yeah. Uh, well, no. It's a good guess anyway. Well, get a calculator, <laughs> Nigel, and do some sums. That's what my advice would be, because these people come over and they might, you know, flash a big wad of cash, at what looks like a big yeah. wad of cash, and they're ripping you off. Well, anyway, I don't really want to get rid of them, but I, but, but I just I need the money at the moment. Yeah, I know, but I don't want people <clears throat> taking advantage of you, Nigel. No, no. The other thing is I, I, I've got a motorbike which is worth about £3,000, a very expensive motorbike, and I don't hardly use it. I'm thinking about selling that as well because I, I like to cycle everywhere, as you know. Mm-hmm. Did you know I cycle? Did yeah, you, you've mentioned it once or twice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I cycle everywhere, and it's just not. I'm just not using it enough. And, and I've got the man in, in the motorbike shop where I get it insured, uh, he can get rid of it for about 1500 quite at the same day, you know, on, on, on eBay. How, how old is it? Uh, I was only about six years old, that's all. And it's not done many miles, and, and it's uh, they're very expensive motorbikes. So, yeah. um, so he, he said he can get quite, he can get about 1500 on eBay for it, so that's quite a lot, isn't it? Oh. But then again, I wanted to keep it. I don't want to sell everything just to pay the bills. Well, do I? don't sell everything straight away then. Hang on, because yeah. I think you... The need... teapot first. <laughs> Listen, yeah, you only need one teapot, really. And if you're not... Into collecting them <laughs> yeah. yourself, get yourself I don't a bit of space. Much tea anyway. No, and who uses uh, a teapot? I bet you don't. But they're just to look at. They're not. They're not. Uh, you don't have to use them. They're just just to they're just to look at. Aren't I they? know exactly what you mean. My mother-in-law used to have one that looked like a cricket uh, pavilion. Mm-hmm. A man standing outside with a bat. Um, what else was I going to say? I've been watching the Tom Jones video. Good. Uh, it, from 1980. Um, he's completely different than, of course, you know, Tom Jones. Did, is that when he was with... Tom Jones? I have heard of him, yeah. Was that when he was with the Art of Noise and did Kiss? Uh, um, yes, I would have thought so. He don't know that. And, and he's got this show where he's got all the different guests on, uh, famous people like Tina Turner was on the show, uh, doing that, 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 the one where she had a short dress on. Uh, Narrow it down. Uh, River Deep, Mountain High. Yes, that song. That's that's the song. Yeah, She's wonderful. They were singing that together. But it's a great video though, because obviously he had a, he had a great figure then, didn't he, Tom Jones? Hey, you know what? He's still not too bad. No, 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 no. He's not. He's not. He's not fat, is he? No, he's not fat. No, he's a fine figure of a man. I don't know. Is he tall? I, I think he always sort of stands with his legs so far foot. apart. I can't tell whether he's tall or just doing a weird kind of um, star shape. I, I think he's about six foot. You reckon? Five, l- ten, six foot. Do you know what? We can find out. The miracle of the internet. Let me look it oh, up. Oh, I was going to ask. Sorry, what I rang to ask you as well. Oh, well, carry on. Carry on. Uh, carry on. What was you going to say? Tom Jones height, hundred one meter seventy seven. What's that? Uh, I don't know. What's that in real money? Hang on. One meter. Yeah, I'm not good at maths either. I, I, I think it's probably about 5'11". <laughs> he's not that tall. He is. He's 5 foot 10 and a half. Yeah, I was right then. I was right, almost right. You were yeah. almost right. Yeah. Well done. Same height. For, I'm about 5'10". Are you? Off it. You're a bit taller than me then. I'm about 5'6". Uh, oh, that's quite tall. Isn't it? Well, for a lady, isn't it? Yes, and, and I am a lady. Um, have you got time to play one of my drum solos off Facebook? <sighs> on the top of my Facebook? 
Um, Let's have a look. I, I don't really want to delve into your Facebook because oh. there's a lot of uh, shenanigans goes on on there. Oh, it's just so I can't. It's too late to sing uh, tonight over can the not, radio, over, over not, the phone. Can you not just whisper it down the phone? Unless I did. Unless I did, I write the songs. Go on then. Shall I do that? I write the songs. Go on. You're not going to interrupt me, are you? <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do a short version of that then, just Pro to finish off. Promise. Yeah. Yes. I hope you enjoy it. I do. Well, I must stop stop laughing because I get excited when I'm on the radio. So do I. Catherine. Go on. <laughs> right, here we go. I'll try and sing it quite Come on, Nigel! <laughs> I write the songs that make the whole world sing. I write the songs of love and special things. I write the songs that make the young girls cry. I write the songs, I write the songs. Now music makes you dance, and it gives your spirit a chance. To write some rock and roll so you can move. Music fills your heart. Well, it's a real fine place to start. It's from me, it's to you, it's from you, it's to me. It's a worldwide symphony. I write the songs that make the whole world sing. I write the songs of love and special things. Boom, boom, boom. I write the songs that make the young girls cry. I write the songs, I write the songs. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Charlie Taters, I mean, has some words of wisdom. Charlie Taters, I think, might actually be Carol Vorderman. Nigel, before you sell them teapots, buy a calculator. 15 quid each for 200 is three grand, not 500 quid. Well, quite. Get in. Nigel, please use a calculator and, and work it out before you uh, get those people in because you know what they're like. Have you never watched Lovejoy? Hello, Christian. I write the songs that make the whole world sing. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. I bet they do make the girls cry, to be honest. <laughs> I do wonder about how young the girls are and about the oh. special things he sings of. But that aside, oh. he's in fine you know voice. What? It's an honour to take the stage after Nigel. I'm like Bowie after Queen at Live. Yeah, what, what are you going to sing? I'm, I'm looking at everyone else. still in the show. <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't going to sing actually, Catherine. I was going to congratulate you and let a band from the 60s do it. Oh. Yeah. Born to be <laughs> there you go. Thanks very much. Just a quick one. Uh, you're referring, of course, to my passing my theory test. You mean you've not been telling everyone about I, it? I haven't. I haven't been banging on about it. And the fact that I easily beat Ian's score, like easily, oh. easily, and um, one oh. in the multiple choice, I only dropped one point. I haven't mentioned that mm. at all. No, I oh. haven't. I was dreading it, though. <laughs> it was one of those weird things. I kind of realised as I was sitting there that I haven't done an exam for like 20 years, but oh, the feeling's yeah. still there. At, mm. Halfway through, I thought, and breathe. <sighs> I made myself do that. Even though it was just a silly thing, and you know, if I failed it, it's another twenty quid, and I can do it again with a few days. But just That's all of a sudden, strange. Like... I, I can't remember my theory test at all. Oh, it's just a blur. I didn't, have to, start. I didn't have to do one for my driving test because I am that old. <laughs> when, when was this? The nineties. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I went. To, bearing in mind, I was what? So when I went to university, I was seventeen because I was. Uh, so that was in 1995. I think I passed my test three years after I went to university. So, yeah, 90s, 98. 
You were probably only just born, right? Uh, well, um, I don't know. Wasn't I? I was starting school. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Anyway. I won't mention it. I won't mention it. I won't mention that. I just didn't, in the same way that you have not mentioned that. About, your, about being uh, ace. You, you looked at Tom's, Tom Jones' age there, on um, age, height on Google. Use Google. You're not allowed to use Google, I thought. Why? What do I have to use? I, I, thought, I thought there was a, a, a no Google rule. Listen, the rules are out the window. If I'm on my own, who's going to oh. stop me? I'm the police. <laughs> right, OK. Yeah, so I did. Hello, hello. But did you think um, he would be taller? Because I thought he was probably wee, and that's why he was well, doing that funny stance. Well, I was quite, I was quite happy actually, because that means I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm about five ten and a half. So no, you're not. You're really I'm, tall. I'm, you know, that's about that's quite tall, isn't it? Five ten and a half. What is it? Five ten, then five eleven, then you're six foot. All right. Is it? You tell yourself that. I'm not six foot, though. I know I know this, because I've got people who tower above me, and I always feel really small. The thing about you is you've got high hair, so it's quite deceptive. Uh, you have, well, though. I, no, I know, I know. It keeps like, it gets higher and higher. Each, each month. Um, but, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Maybe that's what, what I'm dreading that in real life when I, when I shrink. Um, or when your yeah. hair goes flat. Just make sure you've got plenty of mousse. <laughs> don't tell me that's another thing you people don't use. No, no, I, um, I, I don't use moose. You don't mom, use stu, 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 studio line? Was it like volumising frizzy stuff? I, I don't know what moose does. <laughs> I, I used to just go, go, go and see what my mum had next to the hairdryer and be like, right, that's going to lift something. And then put moose in one day and it just made it wet again. <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't great when you're on the when you're I once um, was getting ready to go out to a party and sprayed moose under my arms because I thought it was the uh, total. <laughs> that was a fail. I had to get ready all over again. Apparently, it's not a good look having sticky armpits before yeah, the party. Yeah, white, white hair emitting from, from underneath. Delicious. Stuff, it gave me a lovely bit of lift there. That was, uh, was great. <laughs> um, speaking of um, people's kind of height and, and characteristics, there's a Twitter account I've come across today which is about Simon Cowell's shoes, but it's convinced that Simon Cowell is, in fact, a fawn. <laughs> well, like Mr. Tumnus. I'm obsessed with this theory because it might be right. So it's a Twitter account called at simonshoes.jpg. I mean, and, hang on. Yeah. JPG. JPG, yeah. I don't think it was a JPEG or something. If I just put at Simon Shoes in, surely there can't be that many. But, well, I... They are a thing to behold is Cuban heels. Oh, they are. Oh, no, there is just see... Simon's shoes, so I've got to put... Oh. Oh, there it is. I've got it. I've got it. I've got yeah. it. Yeah. I've got it. So there's like an orange outline on his legs. And I'm convinced <laughs> that he could be something straight out of Narnia. <laughs> he could, Mr Tumnus. He was musical, yeah. wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, he well, played his flute to lure Lucy to sleep. Don't you remember? Oh, well, they kind of toned that down in the Disney version, didn't they? Did they? For, for the children. Wow. It should be terrifying. That's the whole point of those books. Yeah. Well, Simon Cowell did kind of keep lowering the age of people on the X Factor and like saying, oh, come and, come and perform and, and we'll give you a music career. So I, I guess there's kind of a, a slight link in that. Yeah, I think you're onto something. We should yeah. definitely be alerting the authorities at this point. Yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking about that with Nigel's teapot, man. He sounds like the new guy on the street corner. The teapot man sounds dodgy, I'm going to say it. Yeah, so does the, the motorbike man. Money. And so does everyone that offers him money for his belongings at the moment. I kind of wish yeah. there was someone there who would uh, just just watch over that a bit. It does well, scare me that he's going to come home to a completely empty house and a fiver. You could buy his motorbike. 
I wouldn't want to sit on anything. That, that I, I don't actually want to change my motorbike. Everyone's sort of saying to me, oh, do you want a bigger bike then? No, I want to keep riding my hairdryer. I just want it without the L plates because I find it quite embarrassing. I can't say... Um, I can't write buzzing noise around the streets as yeah. if you're selling vegetables in, in the Mediterranean country. It's brilliant. I love it. I love it. And that's as, that's as fast as I want to go. Because, to be yeah. honest, 60 miles an hour on that thing feels a hell of a lot faster. Oh, it scares me. It scares me that being being exposed. Yeah. Like, even behind a normal wheel, I'm quite worried. But, yeah. Meanwhile, my kids oh. are saying, oh, when you get your learner plates off, that means that we can come on the back and you can take us to school on it. <laughs> Which would be wicked. Oh, and I can see the coolness of it. But it terrifies yeah. me. There'll be a there'll be a Jacqueline Wilson book about that at some point, I'm sure. Totally. And if there is my the mom, the mom, yeah, my eldest will have read it. She's obsessed. So what's next then? Because because I was thinking, if if this is like the motorbike, is that kind of the thing of do something new that scares you every day, or I guess in in like a long period of time no, for this book? You, what you're hedging around is I'm 41. This is why I'm doing stupid things, right? No, 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 no. Because I need something to do that scares me differently. Because I realised the other day, someone asked me, "What are your hobbies?" And I'm like, "That's such a normal question." But then I thought about it, and as we know, my hobby is my job. But yeah. hobbies outside of that suddenly become really. <laughs> I know, Nothing. I know, so, totally. I, I kind of woke up one day and realised that I didn't have any interests that w- didn't involve either, you know, getting my kids to do something stupid that I could laugh at or, mm. you know, so uh, I started playing the guitar. I go and get some Vox Pops today. <laughs> D- oh, did you? I hate those. Oh, no, I was thinking in terms of what we would maybe oh, right. do. Oh, right. No, yeah. no, I get it. I've started playing the guitar. Can you play anything? Do you fancy that? Yeah, I play a bit of guitar. I've got a guitar, but I, I kind of I kind of stop when my fingers start. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Which is a really pathetic excuse. No, it's the same as me, and oh. I don't like having to cut my nails, but it is quite therapeutic, I find, playing the guitar. Oh, I had a guitar teacher who had really long nails, and he told me, don't cut them. But on, but on his on picking hand, though, hand. not on his not on his left, surely. Yeah, but then I thought about it, and I was like, that must stop. That's, that's just weird. Yeah, it's creepy. Like, to pick... And oh, I mean, I know it sounds wonderful when you're playing it on a nice guitar, but oh, especially as a bloke, the idea of walking round, yeah, the idea of walking round with one hand that yeah. had a really light, long finger. I mean, imagine being in the pub. Yeah, I know my friend, uh, my friends um, in Spain live in Seville, right? And it's it's kind of the um, Spain that you hear about and, and see on the postcards in the you know when they go to the disco halfway through the disco go to a club halfway through they'll start playing flamenco and all the girls and boys men and women know how to do it right and it's Mm. it looks wicked but also a lot of the blokes can play the guitar and like that beautiful sort of intricate flamenco guitar the downside of it is they've all got like dodgy sort of um little long fingernails on their little Mm. finger in particular that and i find that yeah I mean, the guy in the Guinness World Records always used to uh, freak me out. It was the first thing I'd go to. Oh, yeah, the one with the nails like quavers. Yeah, well, yeah, and they were all brown and... Disgusting. And then there was the woman as well who had the long ones. And I remember the first question my dad always used to ask me was, how do they go to toilet? No, no, it's true. They must use some sort of, like, sponge on a stick like the Romans used to. Yeah, unless they've got enough money for one of those special Japanese toilets that gives you the, the, the quick wash around. Have you ever sat on one of those? No, but I was watching uh, that inside the factory the other day. All right. Uh, and there was one of them on there. Yeah, I've sat on one, and the difficulty is that all the buttons are in Japanese, so <laughs> you might get blowback when you don't want it. So I try, try really? to keep it as basic as possible, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I like the sensation of having 
Hang on a minute, I'm going to have to phrase this. <laughs> Your bum blow dried. My, my bum blown, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, to Nigel. Well, <laughs> thanks for that, Christian. Let's leave it on that delightful image, shall we? Yes, bum blows anonymous. Good night. Good night, Christian. 03444991000. I mean, uh, just give me a ring. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Martin Kellner's going to be in in a bit, so if you're thinking about giving me a ring, don't think too long because it will be done before you know it. 0344 499 1000, my switchboard is finally clear. So that means it's kind of your time. What, what, are, you, what are you waiting for? Um, Giselle, Giselle just sent me a message about the guitar. Now, it seems like I've finally found someone who suffers from the same problem I do. I'm assuming. Giselle says, I love playing the guitar, but I'm crap because I have a genetic mutation with my little fingers, which means the bones aren't big enough so I don't have reach. But one of my best friends is a flamenco guitarist. Same, right? I also know a brilliant guitarist. And she tried to um, teach me to play the guitar, and she was always frustrated by my lack of reach with my little fingers. Do you know why it turns out? I've got curly little fingers. They curl like back on, back towards my other finger. You can't see it massively, but they should be straight. And they kind of... They kind of come back on themselves a little bit. And I only noticed it because my youngest daughter, when she was a baby, I remember pulling her hand the way you carefully do through that, you know, you get hold of the hand and pull it through their um, sleeve. And as it came through, I kind of lost the grip of her hand a little bit and sort of she came out a little bit cockeyed. And I looked at her finger and I was horrified because her little finger looked like it was broken. It's almost like a, a reverse, well, a C on one side. And then, you know, I can see a bit better on that on my right hand, actually. But because it, it was so tiny and super, you know what baby's fingers are like, super bendy. It was like a sort of C on one hand and then a reverse C on the other. Horrific. And then I looked at my own and I thought, ah, I've done this to her. I've passed on this genetic mutation, which means that neither she nor I probably will ever give Jimi Hendrix a run for his money. Or, or play the piano, maybe. Although, hasn't Elton John got like um, sausage fingers and he's told that he hasn't got pianists? Got to be careful when I say that, pianist's fingers. Uh, and yet, and that yet, there you have it. But anyway, yeah, uh, I think it's got a certain name. Hang on, what's it called? It's not called curly fingers. A doctor went and said you've got curly fingers. It's something dactyl. Hang on. Just talk amongst yourself a second. Curly. I'm putting curly fingers into Google. What could possibly go wrong? Curly finger. Syndrome. There's a curly finger syndrome, ladies and gentlemen. There must be a support group out there. Here we go. Du- it's called Deputrin's contracture. The most common finger to be affected is the ring finger, the thumb and index finger, much likely less. Is that it? Is that it? I thought it was called something dactyly. Anyway, what I'm saying is I'm special and uh, different. And unfortunately, along with all the great things I've put into the gene pool, Somewhere down the line, I'm going to have a very curly-fingered grandchild. Dactylis. Is that what it's called? Are you making this up, Hayley? She's just trying to help me by giving me a label that I can give myself so I can explain why I'm crap at the guitar. Anyway, so there you have it. Um, yeah, I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me. I, you know, I don't go on about it, but Pride of Britain Award in the post. Um, let's have a look at some of the newspaper things that I haven't got to yet. Like this one. I mean, I told you about this earlier on. I'm going to speak to Annie in a second. I can see you ringing up. A woman has shared photos of herself shopping for her own coffin, even though she's not dying. 
Zodwa Wabantu, a South African... Oh, here we go. South Africans out there. You're in for a treat. I'm about to attempt the South African accent. A South African media personality shared the snap to Instagram of her climbing into an expensive coffin in a post that sparked confusion amongst her followers. As you can imagine. She wrote, Death. Society is so afraid to talk about death. We're all going to die. And I made a choice to purchase my coffin while alive. It's worth 150k. Which, by the way, if you're in the market for a coffin, is £8,540. Although her decision to purchase the item may seem bizarre, there's actually a sad reason she did it. Oh, hang on a minute. Speaking to Shisha Live, Zodwa explained that when her mother passed away, she was buried in a cheap coffin and she didn't want the same for herself. She added that she wouldn't want her family, and especially her son, to have to scrabble together the money for funeral costs should anything happen to her, so she was looking for peace of mind. Is it appropriate to do the accent for this? I'm in now, aren't I? When we buried my mother, it was a sad affair. She was buried in a cheap coffin and her funeral came together on things that were patched together. People always told me that I would never amount to much and I would suffer the same fate. So I've been living my whole life trying to prove them wrong, Zodwa said to Shisha Live. Her fans on Instagram have had mixed reactions to an unusual purchase. Some have applauded her for being prepared, with one commenting, all of us are going there whether we like it or not. I mean, which is true. Meanwhile, others think buying a coffin seems like bad luck. What, it's going to prompt her dying someday that's not luck that's called life my friends with one of her 555,000 followers describing the buy as madness just one just one though I think I think expensive coffins are a waste of money and I'd be quite happy if they just like put me in one of those those wicker basket things I think are quite a good idea although the first time I saw them I used to keep my CDs in wicker baskets and I had to get rid of them because I kept thinking of this funeral anyway Annie hello Hello, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Nice to hear from you. I know, it's been a while, hasn't yeah, it? I'm what's sorry. going on? I know, I've just uh, I've just been travelling around a lot and, and you know what, it's like you were saying earlier, everybody I've spoken to for the last few weeks has just talked about how tired and knackered they are. Yeah. It's that time of year, isn't it? I think it is. I think it's lack of sunlight and uh, uh, and crappy weather and yeah. jumpers. It's, that's what it is. It's, it's tired and it's comfort food and stews and stuff like that and everybody just wants to go to sleep. Yeah, we're all stodgy. We need to get moving. Yeah, absolutely. Get... So, catch me up. Uh, nothing interesting, really. Sorry. What? <laughs> Sorry. Got nothing special to report. I don't, no. I don't believe it. No. It was just, you, you'd call, I've, I've run, because you call her earlier, you know, with the long nails, it's yes. just triggered a traumatic childhood memory. A guitar fingers? Well, it, not necessarily guitar, but the long fingernails. Right, go on. So it was, it, there was, when I was little, there was a friend of my mother's who, she had really long nails, but you know when the nails get long and they get curly? Yeah. When they're out of control. What, when they start had, to curl forwards? Like Yeah, well, well, this, it was weird. They kind of curled round. It, yeah, so when she, she smoked as well. So when she's smoking a cigarette with her right hand, the, you know, when you, like, if you imagine smoking a cigarette. Yeah the uh, nail on her middle finger curled and twisted and was so long that it was poking her in the throat. Oh, God. The what, she, the middle finger, what, like the bird? Yeah. That's it. So when she was, so when she was holding the cigarette and it pointing up and it went round and I would just, I would spend hours just sitting looking at this weird, creepy nail Ooh. and then it would give me nightmares. It Ooh. freaked me out for years. Witchy. Witchy nails. Yeah, what's the point? I mean, because what can you... Yeah, you're going to hurt yourself in so many ways, aren't you? Well, again, it brings you back to that question that Christian's father used to ask about the intimate wiping. Well, exactly. 
Exactly. And I, so I don't understand. There was nothing attractive about it. It was creepy and weird. Mm. And I just spend hours sitting looking at it thinking over and over in my head, please cut your nails, please cut your nails. God. And it was just creepy. And I, I never quite understood why anybody would do that. It was just, it was a little weird. Yeah. And I didn't understand why any of the other adults didn't ask her why she was doing it and telling her to stop. But she obviously liked it. She obviously liked the look, which makes you wonder. Must have been. I, I think sometimes people do stuff like that in lieu of a personality. Ah. Because they've got nothing else to talk about, so they find something weird about themselves. Right. So you think it was a definite thing? It wasn't just... Um, she, she wanted to be long nail, long bird woman? Yeah, because she, she hasn't got anything else. So it's, yeah, it's that. Oh, my God. It's that, yeah, so she had to find something to be unusual. Right. Other than that, was she quite an ordinary woman? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, there was just nothing else that stood out about it. So maybe that was it. That was all she could think of to make herself stand out. Blimey. I mean... It's quite weird, isn't it? It's totally weird. And it's funny how these sort of conversations trigger that. I can I can see the nail. Did she used to paint them? Yeah. Or were they just left to go oh, a little yeah, bit yellow on the ends? Red. red. Always red. And I don't know. I can't even figure out how she painted them. Oh, yeah. She must have got somebody else to do it. Yeah. And so so someone else is sanctioning... Nails that nail length well yeah God. it's weird because all of her nails were kind of weirdly long but it was just that one that was so long that it properly curled around she must have stabbed herself in the face a dozen times a day and uh, and just put up with it for some reason and yet she continued to smoke well that as well it's, it's that self-destructive streak wow. maybe she was thinking if i'm going out i mean either the lungs will get me or i'll stab myself in the throat one day and not realize i've done she's it she's going to give herself one of those tracheostomy things absolutely it was some kind of weird death wish wasn't it well what a delightful image thanks for sharing that annie you're welcome thanks bye yeah long nails yeah and you're playing both parts today i am brilliant I am, unsuccessfully no no it's been all right we've had lots of phone calls and i've had some d- delightful stories and some disgusting ones so yeah the usual uh, and that was sort of somewhere in between delightful yeah. and disgusting yeah yeah well we've got a top show today I surprisingly bet you tell unusually. me all about it martin well Cullen. i will do um we have yes i'm martin Kellner. we've got uh, tim vine talking uh, he's got a, a, a new show on itv uh-huh. so obviously he's plugging his show but he slips the odd one liner in so of course um, he does that's yeah, his thing isn't it that is his thing i spoke to him i spoke to him earlier today so we'll we'll play that out um and he actually apologized at one point for not telling any jokes i wasn't going to ask i never you never like to ask comedians no. tell us a joke no it's the worst uh, thing yeah it is I, I was listening to this um a woman called angela barnes are you familiar with her i've heard she's that a, name let me just google the face yeah she's a stand-up comic you'll recognize her. she's on a lot of things like you know live at the apollo and she's on some of those eight out of ten cats some of the panel shows i know exactly who we're talking yeah. about yeah well she said she did an interview with sarah montague on the today program on radio four uh, she was doing this interview and um, Sarah Montague said to her, well, tell us a joke, which is the worst thing. And it was like 20 to 8 in the morning. So she said she sort of reached back into acts she used to years ago because of the stuff she does now. Certainly not suitable for Radio 4 at 20 to 8 in the morning. Yeah. And she said, uh, well, she, she's from Maidstone in Kent. She said, you know, if Kent is the Garden of England, Maidstone is the place where they dump the old supermarket trolleys and fridges. 
And uh, a couple of days later, she got a call from a mate saying, you're all over the front page of the Kent Messenger. Trashy Maidstone. No, what she what it said was, local comedian hits out at fly tipping in Maidstone. <laughs> Which, Blimey, know. well done that spin. Mm, absolutely. So we've got Tim Vine. We're um, talking to our man in Latin America about Venezuela. Right. And also about... Um, El Salvador, they've got a new leader as well. They all, they all come in promising they're going to rid the country of corruption and it always ends up like Woody Allen's Bananas. Have you seen Woody Allen's Bananas? I haven't. Well, basically it's about a Latin American leader and however non-corrupt they say they're going to be, somehow, and I don't want to sort of characterise all Latin America, but somehow, you know, it all goes It's pear-shaped. the way it's worked for generations. It's going to be hard to... To drum yeah, it out, absolutely. So we'll talk anyway. We'll talk to our man John Bonfilio in uh, Latin America. Um, we'll talk about Liam Neeson and um, basically this sort of thing. Reputation management they talk about in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. What's going? Mel Gibson. It took him what six years probably from saying whatever he said it was. It took him about six years to be rehabilitated. The sugar tits comment is one that will go down in history, and everyone's laughing about that. But there was also some really nasty anti-Semitic stuff. Yes, there was a lot of nasty stuff. But but it took him a long time. We kind of think, or I kind of think, that Liam Neeson will be rehabilitated a lot quicker because it's I don't n- think his was as bad as no. as Mel Gibson's. Mel Gibson's was extraordinary. And then there was that tape of him talking to his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, and threatening her and stuff. I mean, yeah. how that man has still got a career, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, he has, and yeah. because people forget. Yeah. How, but nobody's forgot about Woody Allen. Woody Allen, some of his... Uh, it's interesting, because I, I think Woody Allen's never been, never been found guilty of anything. I think we've had this conversation yeah. before, haven't we? Um, and he's guilty of nothing more than being weird, being very weird, yeah. uh, as my daughter, everything's weird. But, yeah, I, I think that's all he's guilty of. However, all his latest movies, um, they're not releasing them. They're not. Re- they're not even being. Re- There's one is made. It's already completed. Rainy day in New York. Sounds good. I'm, I can see it already. You know, in black and white and everything. But it's not come out. Yeah. It's there. It's completed. It's not come out. And people who work with him are still being kind of criticised for it, aren't they? Like Char- Scarlett Johansson, mm. people like that. Yeah. But they show tremendous loyalty to Woody Allen, which makes me think maybe he's not quite as weird as um, has been suggested. Yeah. I know it's a bit weird marrying your stepdaughter. Just a bit, yeah. That's, I mean, you know. And that, a lot of his films do tend to have that kind of age gap relationship in mm. them, which you'd think if, if there was speculation about you would you would stop that, but apparently not. Mm. Well, possibly that's an indication of his complete it, innocence. Exactly. The fact that he's prepared to go ahead. Anyway, we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about Liam Neeson and how and when he might recover from it. And we're also giving away the book Fandabby Dozy, The True Story of the Crankies. Is it the you true can... story, though? No, it's not. Really <laughs> nonsense. But you can win it. Fandabby Dozy. We all want to win something. Thank mm. you so much, Martin. Thank you to Sam. Thank you to Hayley. And thank you to everyone who called tonight. It's been brilliant. I shall see you on Monday for more nonsense. But in the meantime, have a brilliant weekend.